What's up, Internet? <laughs> it's another Thank Magical you. Boys. Thank you so much for doing What's Up, Internet. <laughs> Always. It's the best way. That's how I say hi to people on the street now. I just go, What's up, Internet? Um, start every show I do that way. Hey, guys. It's another episode of Magical Boys. This is our E3 extravaganza coming to you pretty late from E3, but whatever. It's cool. And I've got me. Of course I have me, Ruben Medina, my co-host, DJ Kirkland, and a very special guest. It's me. I'm Kara Love. Yay! Yay! We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I'm so excited. Uh, Kara's here because uh, I don't know anything about Smash. That's That really helps. And to, like, <laughs> offer her point of view. Like, anything, anything? Yeah, I- yeah, I mean, we honestly have just been like, I mean, people that have been listening to the show for a bit were like, please, we want women to be on our show. We That's all that we want. We just want more voices to be on the show mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And the biggest thing was, was like, we want some, some perspective from women on our show. And I'm so glad that you answered the call that I posted on Twitter. Yeah, and I'm so happy that I know. You decided I to was like, on. well, if it's okay, I would like to do it. <laughs> we're like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> So we're so happy you're here. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, so, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. We try to keep it low key and and fun and just kind of off the cuff. But you see, we've got our little show notes here, so you know what's going on today. Yeah. So we're gonna, there's no surprises here. But um, yeah, so typically what we like to do when we start our show, we kind of recap what we've what we've been playing for the week. So um, since you were our guest. Kara, um, what have you been playing recently? Um, okay, so like, actually, when you messaged me to see if I could record, I was in the middle of playing Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. Yes. <laughs> so I had to save and turn that off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to go back through and play all the Kingdom Hearts um, before three comes out supposedly next year. Right. <laughs> um, I have reservations. I've been burned a few times. Yeah, um, haven't we all? <laughs> But yeah, so I've been playing that. I started playing Pokemon Go again recently because I was all excited about um, Pokemon Let's Go, and it, it got me wanting to play Pokemon games. Um, mm-hmm. And their new friend feature and stuff is pretty cool. And yeah. one of the Atelier games, I don't uh, I don't remember which one it is off the top of my head because they all kind mm-hmm. of run together. But I'm playing one of those yeah. on the PS3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. There are a lot of those, like Altier or Atelier, however you however you say it. Well, like there are a lot of those games. There are so many. I have seen like a handful of them, and I'm like, this looks like a grab bag of mechanics from all kinds of JRPGs put into one game. And I'm like, what do you even what do you even do in those games? Yeah, like, are you just like are you like like is it just like an alchemy based thing with like JRPG fight scenes and all that stuff, or like what? Yeah, kind of. So it's um, yeah. you're always an alchemist. Um, so there is an alchemy game mechanic, which is, like, honestly, I'm gonna be honest, I use, like, GameFAQs cheats, because I cannot, for the life of me, figure out how to make my things, like, high quality, and (laughs) most of the games have, like, a time limit, like, you're given so many years in-game to complete your goals, and if I don't use a cheat, then, like, I'll be... Like on year three, month six, and I'll be like, "Oh, you should have this super mega thing that you made like five years ago, right?" I'm like, "No, I don't. I don't know how to do that." Yet. <laughs> like, I have no idea what's happening. Actually, it's yeah. that meme of the of the dog with like the in like the science lab. It's like I have no yes, idea what I'm doing. That's pretty much me when I play the games, but they're really cute. <laughs> they're in like really cute JRPG like mm-hmm. 
style, and it does have, like, JRPG fighting mechanics and stuff, and you go out yeah. and you collect things, and the stories are always really interesting, It's and mm-hmm. the characters, um, you can have a lot of characters in your party, and everyone's, like, fully voiced, and it's awesome. Yeah. It's just the alchemy part itself I'm really bad at. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you at all. I would definitely be using a guide for all of those things. Whenever I just get slightly inconvenienced yeah. in, like, a JRPG, I'm like, oh, someone has to have a Let's Play of this specific thing that I'm trying to do right now. Like, I ran into that um, recently when I was playing um, the Rise of the Tomb Raider. I'm like, how do I solve this puzzle? I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I'm like, let me just YouTube this real quick. So you're not alone with... <laughs> Yeah. Searching that stuff. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> my husband and my older daughter, they give me crap for it. But I'm like, look, I'm an adult. I don't have time to just right. figure it out on my own anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there are eight of these games for PS2. Just going to put that out there. Just for the PS2? Just for the PS2, there's eight of these games. Which means that there is like a game every year yeah, the PS2 was There's around? also, like, they've done them for PS3 and there are PS4 yeah. ones. I have, like, um, I have a Gamefly account, and yeah. I have them all, like, in my queue to rent out. There's so many. <laughs> Good Lord. And, then, and then there's a bunch of, si- like, the Game Boy Color. There's a Wonder Swan one. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Good Lord. There's a lot of these. Yeah, there are there are a ton of these games. Well... I should check one out because I've never I've heard of them. Like I've seen I've seen, I've seen the newest one like a lot. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's if it's getting like a lot more traction. Maybe because it's it's going to be on Switch or it is on Switch. I guess. But oh, I don't oh, know. But yeah, the newest the newest one is getting released on Switch or got released on Switch. I think. Yeah, it did. Looks like okay, that's cool. Yeah, the art's always really cute in all of them, and I'm like, oh, this looks really adorable. So I should probably play this. And it's Koei Tecmo. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just okay. a sucker for any game that has really cute, like, box art and cutscene art. And I'm like, okay, I'll Same. play this. <laughs> Same. <laughs> you, yeah, the box are in, crazy uh, you are in good company here, so <laughs> I, we love the same stuff. Um, so what have you been playing, Ruben? Um, so I've been playing a lot of Hollow Knight. Like, I think I'm almost done with it. Yeah. Um, and similar to what uh, Kara was saying, like, it's... So it's a Metroidvania um, yep. for people who haven't played it. It was on PC for a long time and was really well received. It just released on Switch at E3 um, when they announced it. It came out. Um, so it is a Metroidvania, but it is brutal. It is. Uh, it's like playing the original Metroid, where you. It doesn't tell you at all what you need to be doing, right. where you need to be going. There is a map, but like you have to do things to unlock the map for each area, and you have to have a thing equipped to even see where your location is on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hardcore. So uh, it's really fun. I really like the music is gorgeous. The art is really pretty. It has like an actual sort of 2D animated look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am getting to that point where like I'm in the last probably 20% of the game, mm-hmm. where I'm just like... <sighs> like I'm an adult. I don't have time for this. So I'm going to look <laughs> right. up online the walkthroughs because I'm like, I want to like max out a couple of my stats and then like do the end game stuff. But I can't just go. I don't have the time to go back to like every single area with my new abilities and be like, is there something I missed? Is there a thing right. I can get to now? I mm-hmm. did it before. Right. So I'm like looking through walkthrough stuff a little bit now, um, which is kind of like how I played uh, Zelda. I just don't have the time as an adult to just yeah. walk around. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, part of me, like, longs for that time in my life to where you could just, like, oh, I can actually 100% this game and not 
you know, have to worry about paying rent or going to or going to work or anything like that. So it's yeah, I long for having that block of time to be able to do that again. So I absolutely don't blame you, any anybody for that matter, for <laughs> using a walkthrough to kind of like get some of the bonus stuff in games. I did the same thing with Breath of the Wild too. Like I it got to the point to where it's like, oh, I need to find more shrines so that I can, you know, like build up my stamina meter and get more hearts and all that stuff. So I'm like, let me just go to IGN because they have like a walkthrough of where every single shrine is and I'm just going to go like find those things and just do that. Which, there's no shame in that. Like, we got stuff to do. We're adults. I think, I think I'm an adult. I have other stuff to do is like the perfect phrase for anyone who's played video games into their adulthood. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know how else you would play video games, honestly, as an adult, like with responsibilities. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure how you can balance that. So it's like I was talking to like I saw one of my friends posted on Twitter saying like like oh I'm watching a lot of anime recently and 15 year old me would be so proud and it's like yeah I think we as nerds all kind of strive to as adults like strive to be in a place to where we can still do all the same things that we did when we were like. 15 and 16 years old but have the money to be able to pay for these hobbies and to continue to to uh play all these games and go to these conventions or whatever it is that we're doing it's just a matter of like how do i balance paying rent and doing adult things but also channeling my under 15 year old and playing final fantasy games or whatever it may be (laughs) i think it's so important to also just like in a healthy responsible adult way like hold on to that stuff if it makes you happy or, yeah. or you're passionate about it because i know for me when i left uh to go to college i got so like excited to suddenly be away from like um very controlling uh religious upbringings right and be able to party and just be a, a massive thought um that, like, <laughs> that i just like stopped i still played video games but i just yeah. stopped like watching anime like mm-hmm. i just didn't watch anime for like three years probably yeah um and it wasn't until i went through like a pretty shitty breakup where i was just like i need i need to like focus my brain on singular like internet things like i used to yeah and then i fell back into it and then i just stayed in it and it, it's been nice to just like uh to maintain it like while still in relationships and while still doing other stuff and like yeah. uh keeping that part it also helps that like i have a partner who is also into anime and shit so it's yeah. like less of a i'm What's gonna go do this on my like? own <laughs> um <laughs> it's it's interesting to both be garbage people <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, it's a different dynamic for sure. What's so funny is that, like, both Brandon and I like a lot of the same things, but, like, when it's, like, anime time, he's like, I'm gonna go in the other room. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, Aaron and I like a lot of the same, uh, like, things, but not the types of things in those things. Does that make sense? Like, different genres of anime? Yes, yeah. So, like, there's some stuff that we're super... Like, I would say our anime taste is frequently pretty similar, Mm -hmm. and then sometimes I'll like stuff that's, like, really trashy in one way, that she's like, I can't stand this, and she'll like stuff that's really trashy like, in a different way that I can't get into. Um, And then with video games, like, our video game habits are wildly different. Um, She likes to play stuff that's, like, uh, things that are, like, calming and, like, a lot more chilled out. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I'm all about like like getting very intense and having these like experiences, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's interesting that we both are into the same thing and can have that time together. But we don't often play stuff together um, unless it's like overcooked or something that we both like a lot um, or Nintendo games mainly. 
Yeah, yeah and I... Yeah, go ahead, Karen. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, my, my husband, before we were together, had never... I don't think he'd ever seen anime, like, any. And he, the last time he had owned a system was, like, a PlayStation 2. Um, mm-hmm. I've gotten him to watch some. Like, he'll he'll watch anime that's, like things that he wouldn't think a live action show could do like we've watched attack on titan together yeah, um yeah. stuff like that but he absolutely refuses to watch my favorite vice which is just schoolgirl anime like it <laughs> it doesn't matter what the plot is i watch a lot of like high schoolers in japan things <laughs> and he's like yeah. is this all anyone watches and i'm like probably <laughs> <laughs> Just some slice of life. It's like, what the point of this? Yeah. There isn't a point. That's what's great about yeah, it. it just, yeah, it's just watching someone else's life. I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ruben, you, you watched all of um, Kakeguri, didn't you? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't watch the last, like, four or five episodes. Okay, that, well, that's fine. So, <laughs> I one day I was like, hey, babe, do you want to watch some anime with me? He was like, what do you want to watch? I'm like... I want you to watch the first episode of Kakeguri with me. Why would you do that to your beautiful man? <laughs> I just wanted to see what he would, what he thought of it because, like, he likes like weird things in terms of like television shows and stuff like that. But I'm like, I wonder if this will like connect for him. So he watched the first episode, and you know, like the first like scene where. Um, where Yumiko like goes, where they do like the crazy like exaggerated expressions, like yeah. yes, like, the, actually, like the hentai face, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like when it did that the first time, he just like turned to look at me and was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I know that you're not gonna watch the rest of this, but I just wanted to see if you might have liked this or not." <laughs> but if you'd have been like, "Okay, it's just fucky gambling," that's what the anime yeah. is. Yeah, which is what I said, and he was like, "He's like, I might." But yeah, so I, I definitely am with you, Kara, with like watching anime with your significant other, and they're like, Is this what anime is? And you're like, the stuff that I, the stuff that I like is anyway. Yep. Yep. I, I, have to, I have to gauge like how shameful it is, because I feel like sometimes if you watch a lot of anime, you forget like what might feel weird to someone else. Yeah. And so you're just watching stuff and it's just like, Yeah, I love this. Isn't this great? And they're just like, What is happening? I know yeah. that Anyone that I, if there's like panty shots, I know that I mm-hmm. should watch that alone because I should feel bad about my life choices. <laughs> so I See watch those when I work from home and my husband's at his job outside the house. That's when I watch those. <laughs> yeah. It's hard for me because it's like, it's not so clean cut because it's like, it depends on the panty shots. Like, if it's like really well done. And, like, for, like, good reasons, panty shots, Aaron will be like, hey, fuck yes, this is what I'm um, into. A very but if artistic it's like, panty shot. Well, not even artistic, but if the show's just like, no, this is what the show is. This show is panty shots, and it knows what's up. Whereas if it's just, like, some Moe stuff that's like, oh, no, panty shots, she's like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> yeah, I think if you commit to the panty shot, it's like, okay, at least we have acknowledged from the get-go that this is what we're getting. Just be what you are. Yeah. Don't just, be oh, ashamed. <laughs> if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do panty shot, just own the panty shot. Just own it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Hollow Knight's good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what a tangent. Uh, yeah. Uh, I will say, if anyone goes to try it, it is like legit, very very punishing. There's been a couple of bosses where I'm just like, it's been really frustrating. Yeah. And the first couple of hours of the game 
you don't have like any mobility things. Mm-hmm. So getting around feels real sluggish. Um, you will unlock like, you know, double jump type stuff, dashes, etc. Yeah. And once you have all that sort of stuff in the wall climbing, then it takes off. Um, the other thing, I beat Final Fantasy 15, mm-hmm. but I feel like DJ, we can do a whole episode. Yeah, we should have a whole episode. Of- because I'm aligned to a lot. And then I went back and I finished it. Which it's a very short game. It's like thirty five hours. It's not. It's, yeah, not, it's very not very long. long. It's did not very you long. Complete it with all came, of the DLC too. I I did that, and then I played the uh, the Ignis and the Prompto DLC. I have not played the Gladio DLC yet. I've heard from different people like it's not super worth it, but I'm sure it's only like an hour, so I might play it anyway. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's a uh, that game has a lot of problems, but I really really ended up liking the characters and a lot of the story stuff by the end of it like enough that like at the ending i was like crying i was just like uh, this is so beautiful and sad. Oh, my, oh my little soft boy my sweet soft baby boy it's very soft yeah we have to have a conversation about that for we'll, another day we'll do a different episode it'll be a whole yeah. episode. four good boys on a road trip mm-hmm. uh, i love i love my like j-pop band like, <laughs> Like I'm, I'm into the visual K. I'm into all of that. Like it's, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, there are lots of really, and I feel like I've said this for like the past couple of Final Fantasy games that there are a lot of good ideas that are happening in them, but as a whole package, there are a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah it's just, just a mess. That game for sure. After having played through all of it and beaten it, and then also playing the DLC, that game a hundred percent feels like it was not done when they released it oh definitely not and they were just like cool let's just we need to cut out these chunks and release them later as dlc Mm -hmm. and we're gonna have to just like cut out whole parts of story and maybe it'll come back maybe it won't we don't know um that seems like very evident playing that game yeah um it is flawed but i liked a lot of it yeah um and i'll wrap this section up by just talking about a little bit what i've been playing um just i've been playing a little bit of well not a little bit but i've actually been like getting really deep into rise of the tomb raider again just to get ready for the next game to come out Mm -hmm. because i beat the first one of the reboot for tomb raider and these games are really good yeah um a lot of people have pitched them as like lady uncharted and i'm like okay like what's wrong kind with that? Of. There's, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm like, this is actually more of what I'm, in, what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And when I played the first one, um, I called it, I was like, Lara Croft's no good, unfortunate, very bad day. Or whatever that movie was that came out that, that had like the same title. Yeah. Because like at every moment she is like falling down a mountain. She is falling, she is going down, she fell into a river and it's about to be at a waterfall and there are sharp things everywhere. But she survives because she is Lara Croft, and it's awesome. And the second one is a lot more of the same stuff, which is great. But it's so much fun. Like, I usually get overwhelmed by games that are kind of very narrator-driven, but then they're like, hey, these are these giant sprawling areas where there are side missions and little quests that you can do, and you can discover new little caves to, like, solve these, all these puzzles and this and that. But... That game still feels very focused, even though there are all these side objectives that you can do, which that it strikes the right balance for me, where it has mm-hmm. all these like secondary objectives that you can do, but it still feels very focused. And I really like it. It's been a lot of fun to play it. I started playing this game on the Xbox One because it was an exclusive for like the first year that it was out. Yep. And then I like stopped like playing my Xbox One period. <laughs> and then I didn't touch that game 
ever since until now, but I bought the PS4 edition, which has all the DLC and all of like all of the stuff that comes with it. So I'm like, well, I'm glad that I'm playing the definitive edition of this game now, and I'm getting all this extra stuff for free, which is great. So I've been playing a lot of that, and it's been so much fun to play it. Um, that game is really good. I, I really, gotta finish it. I really, really like these games a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It makes me excited about the third one. Because I remember hearing rumblings about them doing a third game, but then when they started showing more trailers and stuff like that for the game, I'm like, oh, I really need to go back and finish Rise of the Tomb Raider so I can get ready for this next one. Because they're really solid games. I really, Mm -hmm. really like them a lot. I'm really bad at games that require me to be somewhat stealthy, but this is the first game where I'm like, oh, the controls are really, really solid, and I feel like I have a lot of control over Lara. So whenever I want to do stealth stuff, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to use the bow and arrow again. I can't wait to go in and, like, go for the headshot. And it's really rewarding, and it's you get, um, you get bonuses, bonus experience points every time you get, like, a stealthy headshot on enemies. Mm-hmm. So it's rewarding to try to go for those things and be stealthy and to do those different things. But it also rewards you for going off the beaten path and doing those side missions and finding, like, extra areas and stuff like that. So... It's been really fun to kind of dig into like a really singular single player experience because I feel like on a regular basis all I do are play like multiplayer games mm-hmm. <laughs> like where I have to like engage with other people. So it's been nice to be able to just focus on like oh this is not like an online game it's just like a solid single player experience to where I just have to go and explore this world and do all different missions and things like that. So it's been super fun. Been loving that a lot. And I've also been playing Mario Tennis Aces. It dropped on Friday, and it is so much fun. It is <laughs> looks, that looks like a game. that looks like a fighting game ass sports game. It is a fighting game. Mario Tennis Aces yeah. is a fighting game, which I've heard a lot of people like. I think um, reviews were interesting for it because no one is saying it's not a good game mm-hmm. in, in any of those reviews. But I think everyone is surprised at it doesn't feel like a Mario sports game at all. Like, yeah. everyone's like, no, this feels like a fighting game. Yeah. And I feel like there are maybe people that wanted it to be that Mario sports game or in that lineage. Yeah. Or were hoping that it would be uh, more along those lines. Um, so I, I'm curious. I need to play it because I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. But I definitely am on that side of, like, wanted a Mario Virtua Tennis, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if it sounds like it's really hardcore or there's not a lot there for me if I'm not going to play a bunch of online... Um, then I, I'm not sure how I feel about it. So there is, like, there's, like, a whole, like, adventure mode that ramps up in terms of the difficulty pretty quickly, but what's great is that you can also play the game without any kind of, like, the bells and whistles if you just want, like, a straight-up tennis game. That's mm-hmm. an option, too, when you play online or if you play locally with friends. So that flexibility to kind of do either or is still there, but um, if you're playing it with all, like, the kind of, like, crazy mechanics that are in the game... It definitely feels like a fighting game, for sure, because you have, like, an energy meter that builds up, like, over time when you're rallying back and forth with other players and and all of that. And then you have, like, super moves and, and like, character-specific abilities and all that stuff. So it definitely has very much a Smash Brothers kind of feel to it, to where, like, characters are very unique. Which is and, why you like it. Yeah, which is why I love it. <laughs> Yeah, which is why I'm, like, super into it. But um, it's a lot of fun. I really like it a lot. It's a really beautiful game. It's 
Um, Camelot, the company that's that in the past has done all of the Mario sports games, are back at it again with this one. So mm-hmm. it definitely still feels very much like those Mario sports games, like in the era of the GameCube and Nintendo sixty four. So a lot of that is still there, which is what was missing from um, Mario Tennis Ultra Smash on the Wii U. It was just not a good game. It was just like this is tennis, and the tennis itself was fine in that game, but there was nothing else to do. Like, you couldn't even go online and, like, choose to play with your friends. Like, you just had to, like, hope that you got paired up with them. Like, it was so... It was so bare bones and not great. So this feels like a gift. You're describing the Wii U overall, I feel like. Yeah! Some good (laughs) ideas, but overall... (laughs) Yeah, that's that's also very true. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... That pretty much wraps up that section. Um, so the big conversation this week is all about E3. We've had a little bit of time to kind of like come off of the high from E3 because I think when it's happening, everybody is like, ah, like, like emotionally because everything is happening all at once. And now that it's been like a week and a half since E3 has finished, um, we can kind of talk about it a little bit more objectively, I think. <laughs> and, um, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, go ahead and jump into that conversation. Um, overall, I think E3 2018 was pretty, pretty good. Um, it started off, I think, kind of tame at mm-hmm. first, but then it kind of, like, built up and, like, a lot of really cool stuff happened this year, I think. What, what are See, your thoughts? It was underwhelming to me. Yeah. But... The, the entire like last last chunk of your E3 was just like here's Smash Brothers and it has fucking everybody. Yeah. So, <laughs> of course you're gonna feel great about it, DJ. Yeah. Um, really of course. Uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was underwhelming, yeah. um, and not for bad reasons. I just yeah. think uh, this was the first E3 where it was evident that they were holding stuff back for next gen. Mm. Like we yeah. saw a lot of games that are going to be next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, if not bridging games, like some of them are going to be last games of this, like last major games of this generation. Yeah. Some of them are going to be bridged, I think between both. And then a lot of them we're going to see be a lot of the big stuff is going to be launched for next gen 2020. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you have the companies in that position, it is harder for them to have the sort of same big bombastic, uh, E3 that they might have normally. Also, right. like, no real announcements about... Certainly hardware wasn't there. No one expected right. hardware yet. Right. Um, I, I think we're going to get hardware stuff next year. Next year, probably like, probably. hey, we're working on new hardware next year, you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, Microsoft said they're working on... Which is interesting. They said they're working on the next Xbox stuff. They acknowledged it. Mm-hmm. There's also... It sounds like they're working on a family of consoles... Mm-hmm. Um, which I think like the code name for it, Scarlet, right now, mm-hmm. which is just I'm curious what that is. Yeah, if if they're working on something, if there's going to be like your big powerful box, that's your home box. Mm-hmm. If there's going to be like a sort of switch like add on, yeah, that's maybe like less powered, but can still run those games that you can take with you. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they're going to have an ecosystem, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I I thought it was fine. Yeah, how about you, Kara? What, what were your thoughts coming away from E3 2018 this year? So, um, first of all, I didn't watch it live. So, yeah. instead I watched everyone's tweets come in. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like to just Which is watch. also fun. It's super fun. I like to see just everyone's reactions, especially when I haven't seen it yet, so I don't quite know what they're hyped about. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So when I did watch it, I didn't watch things in any particular, like I did not watch Saturdays um, before Sundays or anything. I just kind of mm-hmm. picked, like, okay, I wanted to see what Sony did. And yeah. There are things that I was excited about, but I kind of feel the same as Ruben. Like, I wasn't, like, there was nothing that, when I saw it, I was just like, oh my god, I cannot wait. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, which I've had, like, for a few E3s. I mean, I was blessed with Fallout 4 a little while back. And, like, yeah. for me, that was one of my best, like, E3 moments. Because I was just like, oh, finally, I've been waiting for forever. But, like, yeah. Fallout 76, I was like, eh, okay, mm-hmm. maybe. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, and I feel like that was a that was the reaction that I heard from a lot of people when it came specifically to Fallout 76 was like, okay, cool, like another Fallout game, but like I felt like with 4 people were like, yes! <laughs> like, no, another Fallout game. But yeah, for this one it kind of felt kind of like a lukewarm reaction from Well, I think that's because people, at, least, it's, at least from what I got from social media anyway. I think it's mostly because it's going to be an online game which obviously comes with its own disadvantages. Oh, right. Um, yep. yep, that's exactly it. That's yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, like, I was watching it and I was just like, what's, this isn't, this isn't a Fallout game. Yeah. Or this isn't what Fallout, this isn't what Fallout has meant to oh, me, right? Yeah, I didn't, right. I didn't, I didn't make that connection, so, okay, now that makes more sense. Yeah, so people some weren't. people wanted multiplayer. I personally don't think Fallout should be multiplayer. I mean, yeah. you are almost always this lone person from the vault for whatever reason on a quest, but in this one, you will be one of many from the vault. Um, I think they said when you play, it'll be on a map with, like, dozens of other people. Um mm-hmm. And I, you can join in groups with your friends, but also you'll be assigned with random people. And as anyone who's ever played anything online can tell you, random people sometimes suck. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I don't want to go through all this effort of, like, making my perfect little post-apocalyptic utopia and then have someone nuke it just because they're being a dick. So... <laughs> yeah. Your base just got nuked by Weed Ninja 420. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's up? Uh, yeah, no, I feel the exact same same way about it. Is that and, and even for me, like I loved Fallout Three. I put a lot of time into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't get into Fallout Four, even though it was. I have a lot of friends that loved it. Yeah. It was very very good. Um, I don't. I don't even hate the idea of having like drop in drop out co op stuff that you can do together in yeah. Fallout. But it sounds like Rust, and yeah, like I don't want. I don't want Fallout to be an online survival game. And they're like, well, you can play through it single player. Which is good, I guess. But they also said there's no NPCs, so I was just like, "Yeah, well, how which, do you? Which yeah, so like, what, does that, what does that even mean then? Like, that's I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, how they'll do? Like, if they'll have shops or not? Because, like, what you would have to run it. That's yeah, not like, fun. <laughs> no, I just don't understand what they're gonna do with it. Like, is there gonna be a really strong narrative to it? Probably um, not. If there's no are, NPCs. Yeah, and like how are how are they going to like the fact that um supposedly like it takes a bit, but if someone gets nuke codes, like if they nuke something, is your base gone? Is all the stuff you built and you spent hours building, is that gone? Um I've heard them talk about that uh using a nuke can be a thing to trigger raid like content, which is interesting. But then does that mean like if someone does a nuke, then this area suddenly 
you know, it's it's a big boss fight or it's waves or whatever it is, but it doesn't hurt your base. Like they just they did a really 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 bad job, I think, of communicating how that game is going to work. Um, I feel like everything I've heard has felt conflicting, or I can't wrap my head around the words they were saying and how that looks in a online but not online, but you can play it single player. There's no NPCs. <laughs> RPG game does not make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just weird. It was very weird. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a hundred percent like sold on it. I'll, to be honest, I'll probably buy it anyway because I'm a sucker. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried it'll be one of those games where I'm like, this looks so cool, even though I don't like a ton of multiplayer games. And then I get it and I'll play it for a few weeks, and I'll be like, oh no, it's got everything I hate about multiplayer games. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it could. They could do a bunch of really cool shit that's like I haven't seen in that space before. And I might just be like, oh, wow, this is, like, really cool and amazing. I love this. That could happen. It's just when you announce when you announce a Fallout game to an audience waiting for a new Fallout game, that's not what they're waiting for, right? Right. Um, right. And I'm curious if we're going to get a Fallout 5 down the road mm-hmm. um, or if they're considering this to be mainline Fallout as opposed to sort of its own side Fallout thing. And have they said whether or not this is like mainline Fallout? Or have they? Has there been any information in regards to where it falls canonically? Or um, I mean, it's in the timeline for sure. Yeah, it canonically it takes place before all of the other Fallout's that have happened so okay. far. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the timeline, basically, the vaults were supposedly um, going to be shut closed for like twenty or twenty five years. Um, after the apocalypse, and then they would reopen um, so that people could rebuild civilization. Okay. Um, it turns out most of them, most of those vaults w- were just straight up lies, and they were actually human experimentation things where they mm-hmm. were just like, what happens if we put a hundred people in this vault and then like prod them over and over and like see how they, how they do? But mm-hmm. this vault that you come from in 76 is like one of the only ones that legitimately was going to open up after the standard time and it opens and then you're released into the world to rebuild it. Mhm. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm definitely interested to see like what my follow-up contingency your friends like the two of you included when that <laughs> game decides it wants to come out and see like what the reaction is because I feel like this is very different from what people were expecting in terms of another Fallout title to be. Yeah, I want to. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what that's like because I've I've never played any of these games because it's just like never been like something that I've been super super into. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what everyone has to say about this when it comes out. Guys, do you want to uh, just to, like structure this a little bit? Yeah. Um, do you want to go like by press conference sort let's of? The, and yeah, let's games. Yeah, yeah let's we just kind of run through it. Yeah. Let's um. Do so. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Kara, I feel the same way about Fallout 76. I feel like the exact same page, 100. percent Where I'm just like, I, I might buy it. I probably, I don't know, but I just, I need to, I need to see what that game is. I just you need to understand it. it. You and I can buy it, and we can just play by ourselves together. There we go. <laughs> like no one else is allowed to join in our world. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> just us. Um, but my name is Weed Ninja 420. So. That, uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> So, like, do you think that it's particularly with this iteration of Fallout, this is kind of like their response to the kind of surge of popularity in like the battle royale 
space of games? Um, do you think it's their response to that, or do you think this is just them trying something a little bit different from the typical Fallout formula? I think it's less the Battle Royale mm-hmm. thing and more Bethesda spends a shit ton of money on Fallout games because they're massive. Right. And they want to find a way to continually monetize a Fallout game as opposed to just core game and DLC purchases. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so th- yeah. you think maybe like games as a service kind of a model is y- what you're thinking, y- maybe? Yeah, like I think we're not going to... We, I don't think we'll see... We're going to see some sort of economy in it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would be surprised if they're taking this really hardcore online bent on it, and they're not going to add some sort of potential economy. Um, probably not loot boxes, because everyone's, like, real fucking upset about loot boxes. Yeah. Right. Um, but something that's the exact same thing, I'm sure, and just in a, under a different name. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be surprised if that's not somewhere in the game in some fashion. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't know why they would pivot it this way unless that's what they're trying to do is make a more consistent overtime revenue stream out of a Fallout game. That's my jaded business mind about it. Got (laughs) it. Um, Cool. Let's, uh, so it's the EA, I think was the first conference, Mm -hmm. which I didn't watch, but they did have some big announcements as far as there's a new Forza, which is like, cool, great cars. Great. Fantastic. Love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they showed off cool stuff though. Like, uh, the new for the new Forza's in the UK, I think, which is an oddly pastoral place to put it. Um, but, uh, like the, uh, they have a really robust, uh, like weather in season system in it mm-hmm. and it's server wide. So everyone playing the game is going to be experiencing the same weather and like the same areas. Yeah. And it'll change things over time. So, like, if you're in the summer, there might be this area where there's a big lake um, and the track goes around it. But on, like, uh, in the winter, that lake might be frozen over. So your track suddenly, that course might now go over that frozen lake. Mm-hmm. Um, just cool stuff like that. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, they apologized about loot boxes. About ba- <laughs> in Battlefield? They except not Battlefield, but uh, uh, whatever, the Battlefront. Battlefront, yes. Yeah. Which, uh, the thing that, like ruined that game more or less right try to remember the name of ea's uh, uh ea's like main guy who's just a weird like he's like too clean cut and he has it's just he's weird he's like very <laughs> handsome he just he feels like a, a american psycho type of dude basically <laughs> and i can't remember his name um but it sucks patrick Klepek has an article on waypoint about this how like he kind of came out as as him being the main EA guy. He should be um, taking responsibility for that stuff, right? And they really made the developers kind of apologize explicitly for it, right? Whereas he just sort of alluded to it, which sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, was that? Oh, I just said yeah. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's just like it's just shitty, just to be like, hey, I, the developers probably aren't the guys that were like. I just don't think there's any developer out there that's just, like, really concerned about monetization. Like, that's not what you're worried about when you're making the video game. That's right. the other side of the house that wants to figure out the money stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so it sucks to uh, make them do that. Or that's how it seemed, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had Anthem, and that's all I cared about for EA. Because Anthem's one of my hypest. Mm. Like, I'm on that train still. And that looks so good. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Everything that I saw from Anthem looks like very much like what I like in these kind of cooperative, semi-open world-ish kind of games like this. Like, mm-hmm. I 
Um, it's it feels like what I wanted from from Andromeda a little bit, but also it kind of feels like their kind of take on a Monster Hunter kind of a format style of a game almost. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, any opportunity I have to be in a fucking, like, mech suit and fly around in space or wherever, I'm absolutely interested in that. And (laughs) everything that we saw looked really good. And I was listening to Waypoint Radio when they were talking about uh, when um, Austin Walker and Patrick Klepek were talking about their kind of hands-on impressions with it, about how they said, like, flying feels really good in that game, Mm -hmm. like... And the way that they were able to kind of, like, articulate that and describe it, it sounds like it's going to be really, really fun. Like, everything kind of has weight to it. It doesn't feel, like, too floaty, but everything that you do feels deliberate. And I think yeah. that's something that's really hard to achieve, especially, like, in simulating what it's like to fly in a giant robot suit. Just pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I know, like, you should never pre-order, but I'll probably pre-order it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm also glad, uh, I think early stuff, it really looked like it was a Destiny clone, and yeah. what they showed off, it certainly has, um, it certainly still has a lot of similarities, I think, to what Destiny is doing, mm-hmm. but they definitely emphasize that it's a lot more of a Bioware game in, like, narrative and story, and there's going to be lots of Bioware-style um like communication stuff happening. Yeah. Like when you're, I guess this were described when you're in like the cities or like the camps, uh, it's very, very Bioware. And then it becomes very much sort of destiny esque, like when you leave them. So it's almost sort of divided into two things, but you get both of those, both of those aspects, which I'm really, really interested in. Also, you don't have to lock into a, um, javelin class, which javelin is what they call the, the mech suits. Um, you can freely, Swap, uh, maybe not in the middle of a mission, but when you go to like go on missions, when you leave, uh, you can pick any of them, which is really cool because mm-hmm. that means you just have more versatility when you're playing with friends to play different classes and stuff. I'm really hyped for that game. It's like aesthetically a billion things I love. Yeah. I'm just really into Bioware games in general, so. Pretty much mm-hmm. any time they're, they're like, we made a new thing. I'm like, okay, cool, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yep, I'm buying it, whatever yeah, it is, I'm cool, buying cool, it. Yeah, cool, 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 I'm good. I am curious how, like, Bioware fans are going to react to, like, because there's, there's no romance options in it. Like, yeah. they're very explicit. They're like, there's, there's no romance in this. always romance options in your head. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. There are always ships that you can make yourself. Yeah. <laughs> And if you're playing online, you can, you can romance anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is very true. Um, <laughs> and sometimes it's better, because sometimes the romance options in the game have bad writing, and then I'm just like, oh, God, this is bad. It's not sexy or good in any way. Yeah. yeah like so the original Dragon Age. <laughs> yeah, so like sometimes it's almost better. It's like, hey, we're not going to do any romance options, it's because we clearly can't get it right, is what kind of like that says to me, in, in some, to some degree. So... I'm down for the fandom itself surrounding that game to create better, well-rounded, three-dimensional romance ships for these characters. Because it's the same kind of thing that I feel like that the fandom of Overwatch does with all the characters. Because Oh, totally. Yeah, because like Blizzard can make all like the narrative stuff that they want to, and that's fine. And sure, it's, it's fine or whatever. The comics are beautiful, the, the, the shorts are beautiful, and all that stuff. However... I am going to ride the ship of Soldier 76 and Reaper <laughs> into the sun. 
<laughs> oh, it's a good. There's so that thing is there's like so many good ships. I think because they do such a good job of characters uh, characterization, yeah, and fleshing out everyone. Yeah, I'm just like I just want everyone to fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I just want everyone to fucking be in love with each other. Um, like so, uh, 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 Reaper seventy six is a good ship. I like Spider Bite a lot, but I also like I just like all of the ships. Like they're mm-hmm. all good. Yeah. What's um, the Mercy and Moira one called? Oh, um, I don't remember. I like that one. It's basically like two sides of a coin. Yes. Yeah. Which is good. I'm into it. I'm I'm Pharmacy, classic. Yeah, Yeah, pharmacy is a classic. Yeah. Ship Diva with literally everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I do like Diva and Zarya mainly because it's just like big, strong lady, tiny lady. Yeah. (laughs) Size difference. Yeah, What's I'm, up? I'm also a fan of like the Zarya May ship too. Like I'm a big, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that. That that's a good one. I like that one uh, too. <laughs> anyway, so Anthem. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hope there are make good people, ships in Anthem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me make people fucking robot suits. The yeah. game. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that is. Uh, I can't think of anything else from EA that was super great. I think that's all that anybody was looking for from EA. Was like everybody was like, show me Anthem. Oh, they were like, we have a Star Wars game, and this is the name of that Star Wars game. Goodbye. Which was so, which was so <laughs> dumb because, like, so I feel like that, that segment was far too long, and mm-hmm. like, um, like, Andrea Renee was like, "Hey, so I'm talking to the guy from EA that's going to be working on a Star Wars game. What can you say about a Star Wars game?" He was like, "There's going to be a star, and there's definitely going to be a war." Great. Yeah. Great. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Next up. Yeah, it was it was very much like way too long of a moment just to say that hey we're working on a Star Wars game, but uh, that's the kind no of detail. awkwardness that I come to expect from E three live press conferences. Mm-hmm. They're always I don't know how they've been doing it for this long and they're still so awkward constantly. Yeah, like per- just perpetually hire talent, hire like just just hire some people. Yeah, that's it. like and and Andrea Renee was like doing everything that she could with what she had, like and she's great, like she's really great on what's good games. She was great when she was working for GameStop TV, like all that stuff was fantastic. But it's like when you're eleven, she's like you know being energetic and has all this personality, and then you, she sits down next to a game dev, and we're like, so talk to us about this thing that you're working on, and the guy's like, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's it. There isn't much for anyone to go off of with that. Let DJ and I host your E three thing, please. God, <laughs> let it. Let me all it. Because all we would do is just heckle like all of these game devs. Like, <laughs> and we really like, appreciate the hard work you're doing. This game looks great, but yeah, we're like, hey, so you're working on a game, so like, talk to me about that. Okay, but actually answer my question. But, uh, yeah, you. like that's great and everything, but like, you really need to answer my question. Yeah, because I asked for a reason. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have asked it if I wanted a bullshit answer. So exactly. Please. So like, let's give me something else. Uh, come on, Reggie. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> what did you guys think of Microsoft's conference? So I came away from Microsoft's conference actually being pretty impressed because I was like waiting for them to be like. Here's a fucking car coming from the bottom of this press conference to talk about Forza. Because <laughs> they've done that like every other year. Like, yeah. look at this race car. It's like, okay, sure. Cool. You but can I, you can drive it in Forza today. Yeah. That was like the thing they did like two years ago. Yeah, but I felt like they like they were very much like games focused, which I feel like 
They showed 50 fucking games. They of course, shit, yes. Wow. They showed, really? shit, they showed a shit ton yes. of games. Not all of them were their games. Not all of them no. were games that were exclusive yeah. to the platform, but they showed 50 <laughs> games. Microsoft has, has very... Has, um, massaged and stretched the definition of exclusive during their E3 presser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you look at their language, which is fine. Yeah. I don't... It's totally fine. Because they will say, uh, like... The voiceover that sounds like Steve Bloom, I don't know if it is, yeah. but it sounds like him, yeah. will say exclusive over, like, so many of those games, yeah. but then the text on the screen will be, like, Xbox exclusive, or launch exclusive, <laughs> yeah. um, and it's like, yo, those aren't the same thing. And then, so the, what they did was, like, world premiere was, like, we showed this game first. Sure. Us showing this game yeah. first doesn't mean that it's an exclusive to us. So they said, like, no, it means world premiere. We like, paid money to be able to premiere this first, exactly, because we were hype about this to make our show good. Exactly, exactly. So like, they showed um, that uh, uh, the Jump Forces game. It's like this isn't an Xbox exclusive game, but you're showing it first. Like you paid extra money to Bandai Namco to show this first. Also, like I know, I know Microsoft is probably like this is us trying to get the PS4 players, the weeaboos mm-hmm. that all have PlayStations. Um, I don't know if Jump Force is the best, especially what they showed. I was just like, Ugh. and and the, the stuff that I saw from the game later doesn't look very good. If Jump Force was another Arxis Systems fighting game that was just a bunch of jump characters if it was dragon ball fighter z but it was like everyone from jump yeah then yes yeah then yes everyone would have lost their shit about it yeah, yeah. That but would another be like no one's gonna be another third person like anime fighter there's a billion of those and they're never good right yeah yeah um so did you um catch the microsoft's press conference to care like did you have any kind of like takeaways from that from i don't saw? I don't have an Xbox One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I didn't fine. care about it as much. <laughs> well, just because I'm that's like, fair. I, I can't afford it. Like, I'm, well, first of all, it, when the new generation is going to come out soon, there's no way I'm going to be able to justify, like, buying an Xbox One at this point. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I watched. Um, Gosh, what did they... They, I mean, a lot of things that I was interested in were things that were showcased or announced for other people after the fact. Right, like, um, yeah. Like that, oh gosh, Captain Spirit. Oh, um, yeah, the Life is Strange. Yeah, but like that's yeah. not just mm-hmm. for Microsoft. That's going to be right. for everyone. It's one of those launch-exclusive things again. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. There was one I'm in- I was interested in, and now I can't remember what it was. <laughs> what was the name of that I'm fox so game? That really cute, like... Oh, Tunic. Tunic, Tunic looks yeah. good as fuck. Tunic looks great. Like, that looks yeah. so cute. Oh, uh, just hopping back, just because we're speaking of, like, some specifics. The thing that EA did show, besides Anthem, uh, Sea of Solitude. That looks... Yes! Good. That looks really, really good. Sea of Solitude yes. looks phenomenal. Yeah. Like that good, like atmospheric indie, but like well polished thing going on. Yeah, and what I love so much about that is that um, I remember tweeting about this briefly when I was talking watching the Xbox presser. Was that there was moments to where like, oh my god, they're talking about empathy and like the and like emotions and talking about how those things are drivers for making these games about these very different experiences versus them like. Gun, 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 shoot, 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 kill, kill, kill. It's like emotions, sadness, like solitude. 
Like, things mm-hmm. like that are driving forces behind creating these narrative experiences for games, which I think we should spend more time on focusing on those things and, like, our surrounding emotions and empathy and all of that stuff. Even though I love a good, like, let's shoot them up, let's, let's, like, rack up some kills and all that stuff, too, but, like, it's nice to see that there was a space during E3 to kind of talk about things from mm-hmm. that kind of perspective, which is really cool. And I think Microsoft did a good job. I, I think Microsoft did a good job doing what they needed to do at this E3. Yeah. Um, which is the conversation regarding Microsoft for the past two years probably has been um, Sony is really beating them pretty hard, this console war, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and on top of that... Uh, they just don't have the first party stuff happening. Right. So I think for them to say, hey, here's 50 games. Also, here are five studios that we just bought. Like, mm-hmm. we bought all these studios, which means they're going to be now exclusive to us, which means we're going to have more exclusives in the pipeline. Um, Ninja Theory was probably, I think, the most exciting yeah. of those studios they bought, uh, just because Ninja Theory's stuff is always pretty excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, in a, at the very least, incredibly high fidelity. Right. Um, so I think they did what they needed to do. I was, I tend to get more excited about announcements that are sort of really good games for sure, but also like system stuff. If yeah. that makes sense, like if they make changes to Games Pass or like new things that make accessing games easier, yeah. or cheaper, or more user friendly, or any of that stuff. Um, and there was like none of that for anyone this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was glad to see Microsoft come out and just be like, "Here's a million games." And I was like, cool, I'll play pretty much all of those on PS4. But, <laughs> but thanks for telling yeah, me about yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but the couple of exclusives, uh, sure, I'll probably play those on Xbox if they look good. But your, but their exclusives are always like, um, the Halo Infinite trailer looked amazing. That game is not this gen. No, There's no way. not. It is like, not Xbox One. The way it looked, it's on a brand new engine. That's not this generation. That's going to be next generation. Yeah. Um, they showed... Uh, Funko Pop Gears of War okay um, they showed <laughs> Gears of War Tactics which is fine and then a new Gears of War um, I used to be really into that series but I really couldn't get into 4 yeah it's interesting I like that 5 is going to be following Kate like she is going to be the main character in it which is mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. Um, but they just don't have the same sort of their sort of narrative driven cinematic style prestige titles just they don't have the same... They're just not as good as what Sony does in that same space to me. Right, right. So I'm less into it. Like, a Gears of War and a Halo, narratively, don't stack up to me the same way a lot of those experiences, like A Last of Us on a PS4 does. Yeah. That's that's why I don't actually have a, a this-generation console from Microsoft, is because, yeah, I, I don't find myself nearly as invested in the stories that they're telling in their exclusives. Yeah, it just, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's just not something that I'm like, yes, I need to see this all the way through, so I play on the PlayStation 4. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. same, same. Um, so I guess it's a good way to kind of segue, Was unless there's anything else you wanted to mention from Microsoft, Ruben, or was that it? Uh, it's all I can think off the top of my head. Like, I'm glad they did that stuff. I'm excited because next year it sounds like we're, we're going to be seeing actual new uh, hardware yeah. stuff, at least a demo of, of it itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think they did a good job. They had one of the better conferences, I think, of the C3.
So, outside of Fallout for the 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 Bethesda um, presser, was there anything else that you wanted to speak on from that? Everything. Yeah, please <laughs> All of talk it. about it. Talk about it because yeah. this is like <laughs> Bethesda is not my realm. So please, you two, Ugh. lead the conversation on this. <laughs> they had so much good, <laughs> so much good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, the new Wolfenstein stuff looks amazing. Where you play as uh, so. I know it sounds crazy, but both of the new Wolfenstein games are excellent. Like, really, really, they're good shooters, but they're narratively really good. Yeah. Um, Wolfenstein 2 has, like, some of the, has a really, really interesting, cool conversation about race that happens in it between your character, who's, like, this big, meat-headed uh, uh, white guy. Well, he's technically, in the game, he's Jewish, mm-hmm. um, like, which has always been the, the conceit of Wolfenstein. Um, uh, is that you're a Jewish guy killing Nazis and uh, and a black woman who's a resistance fighter in America that's um, occupied by Nazis and like they have a really cool conversation that addresses like racial stuff and this is in the 60s 70s um, and really good writing really good characters uh, but the new game you are playing as his daughters and it's a co-op game and it's in the 80s so it's more killing Nazis which is great I could use so much more of that than normal right now um and it's in the 80s, and you're playing his daughters, which is a first for that that series mm-hmm. of just female main characters. Um, so everything about that, I was like, yes, this is all really cool places to take this series, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I was excited about uh, the Elder Scrolls Blades announcement. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be... It, it's crazy. It's going to be on like lots of different systems, right? Uh, they said you could basically play it... Um, on like PC and PlayStation and also on your phone and they'll all be connected so you can uh I guess play with people cross platform which isn't something that I usually get to do as a PlayStation owner. <laughs> yeah, huh, that's really that's cool. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's um it's going to be a first person RPG and it's it's basically it is Elder Scrolls but just like really pared down because it has to be able to play on a mobile phone. Um, but, like, you, you tap to attack or to, um, cast spells. Um, you can play it in portrait mode, which they showed, and, like, why, though? Like, why would you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, yeah, there's, there's gonna be, like, a PvP arena where you can play one versus one. Um, there's an endless dungeon sort of, um, gambit thing that's called the Abyss, and then in the town... It's the main story area, and, like, you'll follow quests, you'll get quests and side quests, and you'll be... It's a building mechanic where you rebuild your town that was destroyed. Um, you can visit your friends' towns, too, so it's got, like, that sort of, I don't know, system. <laughs> um, I, I signed up for the pre-order, so I'm really excited about it. I was like, Todd Howard did it again. He put... <laughs> Elder Scrolls in everything. I know. <laughs> uh, they they joked that they were they made uh, that you could play it with Alexa. Like it was an entire yeah. I sketch. saw that. <laughs> um, it was an entire sketch they did, and then people were like, "Oh, hilarious!" And then someone was like, "No, they've added like a choose your own adventure sort of uh, Zork style game to Alexa where you can you can play." Oh, like, wait, they really a, did. 
Yes, it's ridiculous. Like, you can be like, hey, Alexa, like, start this Elder Scrolls Skyrim game. And it'll be like, cool, you're in a clearing. And, like, you can go, like, north, south, east, west, whatever it is. Like, where do you want to go? Um, which is nuts. It's just really funny that they did that. I'm going to um, have to do that after after we're done here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, I can't remember. There's a, there's a name for that with Alexa. Like, tasks or something. But, like, you can just add it to your Alexa stuff. And it's, it's crazy. Um, they showed... Let's see, they showed... Oh, there's a new Doom on the way, which, again, like, Doom was super good if you just want a good blow-shit-up game uh, recently. Um, and what was it? They, oh, they they also teased Skyrim 6, which, again, not this generation. By any yeah, means. for it sure not going to be. Because um, they really just showed, like, mountains. Um, <laughs> and uh, also Starfield, which sounds like it's... Uh, everything I've heard of that, because that game's been in development for a while... Um, and there's been rumors about it for a while. It's probably just going to be like Skyrim in space. It's going to be like their sci-fi Skyrim series, more or less, or rather Elder Scrolls. Um, so I'm like super curious and interested in that because that's my jam. Do you prefer um, high fantasy or space fantasy? <sighs> that's like a tough. That's tough. I think I tend to be more into space fantasy stuff just because um, I like futuristic aesthetic so much um but uh i i enjoy both of them like i enjoy both of them a lot but i definitely think i do tend to lead lean in towards more like like i really love mass effect i'm like so so about dragon age um whenever there are two games that sort of exist in that realm that are kind of the same thing but sci-fi or fantasy i'm almost more into the sci-fi thing uh so yeah probably in that direction dj what about you i'd love space <laughs> <laughs> I love space. <laughs> like, I, like, I want to see more space stuff. This is, like, a whole other conversation separately. But, like, apparently, like, in sci-fi stuff, they don't think that black people exist in space. But, like, I want to be in outer space. I want to go. <laughs> I want to not be on Earth anymore. I want to <laughs> not be on this planet. If I would like I can to be, be far in, from here. <laughs> yeah, if I can be, like, on a space colony with, like all queer POCs and, like, queer allies. Like, that's where I want to be. On that space mm-hmm. colony. With, like, a cool space uniform and, like, talking about, oh, like, the rings of Mars and shit. Like, I, like, <laughs> or whatever. Like, I, like, I love that stuff so much. It's, I love space. Like, I, I do, like, high fantasy stuff, too, but a lot of that stuff to me, like, I haven't been able to, like, relate to very much, so, like, the idea of, like, outer space and outer space could be anything. Like, I feel like there's more room for there to be all kinds of different things, because I feel like a lot of, like, fantasy stuff with, like, elves and, and, like, wizards and all of that stuff is all very kind of specific, but, like, space is so ambiguous. Like, Mm -hmm. I really like that a lot. So, like, I love, like, Mass Effect and I was very disappointed about Andromeda, so, like, I didn't buy it, because, like, after all the things that you said about Mass Effect, I'm like, (laughs) I'm just gonna, like, go back and play those first three games again, and, like, really fall in love with, like, being in space and doing space things and all that stuff. Like, I want more of that. I still get tempted to go back and play through it now that I'm starting to, like, go through some of my back catalog. Yeah. Um, but man, at least, at least like at launch in the first couple of months after I had a hard time with Andromeda, yeah. but I have friends that like played through all of it and really loved it. Uh, just were like, it has a lot of flaws and problems, but it's still really good. Mm-hmm. So I just, 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 if you're going to write, man, I was talking about this on Twitter like earlier this week. 
if you're gonna write romance options in a game just like don't make it so tone deaf like i think the romance options in games are hard because i think i think people don't do a good job writing romance especially nerds right, <laughs> right. Like, frequently um but i just want to be able to hit on people that's not creepy because right. every game where i have the option to hit on people i say the creepiest weirdest shit as my character <laughs> yeah and i hate it um especially when it's like andromeda oh man my dad just died my brother's in a coma I'm your captain. You want to fuck? Like, there's something about that that's, like, so weird. As opposed to, like, let me, like, let me choose a romancy option with this character that's just, like, my romance option is maybe I confide in them a little bit more in this moment, or I open up and I'm a little bit more vulnerable with them yeah. because I kind of like them, or I think they're cute. Or you, like, I'm ask with for this... a hug. Yeah. Yes, 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 exactly. It's just, like, I'm emotionally vulnerable right now as my character, and I can still be into someone and still like them, but the way that you display that as a person is like you show interest in like smaller, tender ways. And every time I play a Mass Effect, especially in Andromeda, and like I was playing as a woman, so it, it was like I think by default to me was going to come across less creepy than if I was playing the male character, and it was still so creepy because it was still just really like creepy. It's <laughs> just, just like, uh, and also just like the power dynamic there is so fucked up. It's like, hey, you're on my ship. I'm your captain. Also, fuck me. <laughs> That's so unfortunate because, like, consent is so sexy when people are like, hey, do you want to do this? And it's like, oh, you're giving me, like, you're asking me? You're giving yes. me the option if I want to do or not do something? That's great. Like, And, and I don't think the game crosses, like, yeah. any sort of consent lines. Yeah. It's just that, like... It's just, it's just, like, not... It's, like, emotionally not, like an accurate response to give in that kind of a situation. No. It's like, read no. the room. <laughs> no, and and that, like, it, it really honestly sometimes reminds me of, like, when someone makes a post on Reddit where it's like, hey, I'm trying to get, like, girls or guys to notice me. Does anyone have any good, like, open like openers or, like, good lines or whatever else? And that's, like, every fucking flirt option where I'm just yeah, like, no. It's like... Like, that's not how you flirt. Yeah, it's just like a... It's, it's a one-line opener, and it's like, those... Those don't work in real life. Yeah. Like, no. if someone came to me and was like, oh, hey, you want to fuck? They're like, no, go away. You're creepy. <laughs> yeah. Here's this saucy thing I read on Reddit that supposedly is a really good <laughs> thing to say to a guy or a girl. Like, it's always, like, so cheeky. And I'm like, I like cheeky, but, like, let's build up to that. Yeah. Like, like I would laugh in your face. <laughs> like, I would just, yes. like, guffaw, like, in your <laughs> face. And... It's like no, it's just not good. It's it's not Anyways, good. I could bitch about this all day. I don't want to get on another <laughs> tangent again about it. But it's a it's a thing where it's just like if if you're trying to write romance in your game, for the love of God, just like run it by like more. I don't I don't even know because you have a writer's room. I don't know how everyone in a writer's room thinks this like weird cheesy come on one-liner clever bullshit is how you flirt no it, like especially if the game's supposed to be like emotionally grounded right. it should be nice little small things maybe there is one character that is more forward and like really like because people can be like that yeah. or maybe you're playing your character like give me degrees in which to flirt yeah where i can be more coy or more subtle or be like yo let's fuck like you got a good looking space bulge. I don't give the fuck whatever the fuck it is. Um, they should poach. Uh, they should just like poach fanfic writers and have yes. them do the honestly, romance option. Honestly, they they really should because 
these people out here writing these fan fictions, it's like, this is so good. It's engrossing. Like, I I can't stop reading them. (laughs) It's just good and titillating and fun. (laughs) It's titillating. (laughs) Um, Speaking of Sony, what did we think about Sony's conference? Okay, you want to talk about underwhelming? Mm, Okay, okay, let's just, okay, I want to hear this. I was underwhelmed. Like, I like I don't think it was a bad performance, like, from Sony, but I think that it was underwhelming. Outside of Last of Us, like, I, like, Last of Us is cool. Like, I'm into whatever Sekiro is going to be. The Spider-Man game looks great. Spider-Man looks like Spider-Man, and it looks like the PS2-era Spider-Man games that were really good and that were really fun to play. It looks mm-hmm. a lot like that for the modern era, like, Nothing nothing was bad, but, like, the things that I wanted from Sony, I did not get. <laughs> oh, every, I, everything content-wise I was so into. Yeah. It was, the, the, the conference itself was a fucking mess, like, a mess. Yeah. They're like you didn't like the church tent with the banjo. <laughs> so like uh, the the guy who did the banjo thing, like he's the guy who does the Last of Us music, and that was fine. Like actually, I actually dig when Sony does this sort of like because they've done this before, um, where it's like, hey, here's the musician that did this thing in the soundtrack. We're gonna have him do the music live. Um, like I dig that yeah. because there's there's a little highlighting of like. What are the other artistic components that make up this game? That's another big piece of art. Um, so setting the mood, but having like a bunch of devs and reporters standing room only in a hot crowded tent that like just for that moment was weird. Yeah. And then I was like, I know they're only going to talk about four games. Really? They're going to like talk about other smaller games, but like really just deep dive on four games. To have, like, that one location, and then everything else happen in just a big, like, whatever arena, it was just all weird. I was like, well, certainly they're going to have four separate experiences here. Right. And they didn't. Yeah. Um, It was that, and then everything else in one. Also, Last of Us, they got done showing Last of Us, which has, like, the most gorgeous kiss I've seen in a fucking video game. Mm -hmm. Like, the first time a kiss has looked real to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then it was like cool, well, let's go to the table for 20 minutes. And that's what happens after your press conference. So it just felt weird. All the momentum was killed. It was just bad. Like, whoever thought that was a good idea, it was a mess. Like, cutting back and forth? Well, and it, it was because it was like, cool, let's get hype, let's show you this thing, and then let's cut to this table with people talking, and we'll show some trailers, and then let's cut back into a thing and we're going to have a dude playing, uh, like, a big, like, Japanese flute instrument and show Ghosts of Tsushima. Um, and then it was fine from there on because it was just, like, deep diving on games yeah. and there wasn't weird stuff. But that cut was just bizarre, man. It was just really weird. It was, um... um... It made me miss Sony from maybe four or five years ago mm-hmm. where, uh, it was... Cause I, I went to, a, I went to, like, the PlayStation Experience thing in the theaters. Yeah. Because uh, I was like, why not? It's a free ticket. This is stupid. Um, and that conference, they opened up cold on The Last Guardian. Like, they didn't say anything. Yeah. That conference just opened up on gameplay of The Last Guardian. So everyone immediately is losing their shit. Right. And then they went to the stage. And you get Andrew Hauser for a little bit. I think Andrew Hauser for a little bit. Um, and, like, everything they did was just, like, cool. Uh, we got a bunch of games 
to I think or just Andrew House. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew House. Uh, Andrew House, yeah. Like we got games to show you guys. So that was Lost Guardian, let's keep moving. And like it was just very, very simple, a couple demonstrations, but they just really plowed through a bunch of cool games. Yeah. They showed Final Fantasy remake for like the first time or second time or something. Mm-hmm. Like it was just really it was more like the Microsoft conference was this year. Yeah. Um and I think that works better i see what sony was trying to do mm-hmm. but man what a mess like just felt terrible production wise yeah what did you what did you think Kara? coming away from i that? mean yeah i agree it was it was such a mess switching from the last of us tent which i really liked the atmosphere of it was basically set up like you were in it at that dance that was in the mm-hmm. trailer it was awesome but yeah then they cut away from it to a panel while they i assume were just shuttling people into the other area um and i feel like i think the panel even was like oh it's taking longer than we thought and it's like well yeah you're making all of these press and developers all go to this place um and i felt i do like that they showcased the artist behind the music um Mm -hmm. but i felt like between um, that guy, and I don't know his name, but the banjo guy from The Last of Us and then the guy on the Japanese flute instrument, it was really long. Like, yeah. I felt like they could have done it better. I think it'd be cool if maybe, like, it played alongside the trailer. Like, they'd show you him playing and then, like, maybe he was actually doing the background music for, like, the beginning of the trailer or something. Because right, otherwise right. it was literally you're just sitting there and, like, watching this guy. And that's not exactly what people are going to a video game showcase for. Um, yeah, I think Ubi did a good job of like what you just mentioned, which was um, they had what's his name come out for the Donkey Kong expansion for Rabbids, and like they played the soundtrack to the trailer live, and it was awesome. Um, and such a smarter way to do that. Yeah, I just yeah, it was it was pretty messy. But like you said, the second half it it caught its wind after. Um, the first thing, and there there weren't long pauses between the little like um, like musician clips that they had between were really cute, where it was like an animated person doing a musical instrument or something. Yeah. I thought those were cute. Mm-hmm. Those were cute. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm really interested in uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, me too. Uh, me too. I loved that trailer. It was so beautiful. <laughs> looks like Tenchu, which is why I was, like, really into it, because I was like, is this... For a minute, my brain was like, are they just, like, is this a Tenchu game, but under a different name now, or what? Um, from, like, PS1 days, which is, like, a really good, like, ninja stealth yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks gorgeous, though. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man, I know, like, you have, like, a very, like, deep connection to Spider-Man. What do you, mean, DJ? Yeah, you, what do you, you know what I mean. <laughs> Yes, I know I you love, have lots of like, like are Spider-Man you game. Spider-Man? This Spider-Man, yeah. Are, are you just Spider-Man, Ruben? You're not- <laughs> I wish I was. I would. I would. I would need. I would need for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> nothing else. That game looks really great. The this Spider-Man game looks very good. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I was worried for I, like when they showed that game, um, either at PlayStation Experience or last year, whenever it was. That like if I was like this looks a little too good for this to be in game. Like I know that Naughty Dog is working on it, but is this like or wait Insomniac? Insomniac. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's like I know that Insomniac is working on this. So like, is this like actual game footage, or this is just or this is like up-resed and all that stuff just to showcase it? But 
From what they showed, it looks super fun. I'm very much into this. I, I watched a little bit of the kind of post-show um, deep dive into Spider-Man, and they really are like putting a lot of care into this game, and mm-hmm. and I think it shows a lot. It showed a lot in the trailer, and I think it shows just like in the bit of gameplay footage that I watched after the press conference was over. Like it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Did you play the first Neo game? No, I know that it was uh, sort of Dark Soulsy, which I like Souls games. Yeah. Um, I just didn't hear enough good about it yeah. that I cared. And then they announced that it was a sequel, which I don't think anyone was expecting. Right. Um, so that's like cool. Yeah. Sure, more Neo. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll get a better handle. But um, so I guess like tangentially related, you're going to make a Neo game. Well, From Software has Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Yeah. So you're like Feudal Japan flavor, like. From software is doing it now, so I don't know how Neo's gonna fare with like the actual Souls people doing something similar. That and then on top of also like Ghost of Tsushima being a thing too. Like I think we're finally moving yeah. away from like the zombie, there's like the zombies and all of that kind of like a post-apocalyptic um, set piece as like a core, as like the core visual um, locale of these games that we've had for like the past couple of years, almost if like, the last five years. And it looks mm-hmm. like we're moving into, like, samurais and shit. Like, samurais and ninjas and stuff like that. And let's hope that it's done, at least these other games that aren't done from Japanese studios are yeah. are thoughtful and are, you know, not not borderline racist or anything like that. There, There is a Japanese audio track for Ghost of Tsushima, yeah. which I will probably play it. Oh, yeah, that. I will definitely be playing um, the Japanese audio. Just because it seems, it's the same way as, like, I'm not going to play, like, a Yakuza game, like, dubbed, necessarily. Because yeah. it's, like, if it's if it's something that's so culturally ingrained right. in a thing, right. I'd rather it be in that language and play it that way. Yeah. Um, it was interesting, both uh, Sekiro and Ghost of Tsushima have, like, the same gorgeous field of wheat shot, yeah. which I thought was yeah. very interesting. Um, but yeah, they both look really, really pretty. But, but Ghost of Tsushima was like different level pretty. Um, yeah. the, that fight at the end with the, the leaves, mm-hmm. um, there is like, uh, I can't remember the exact term for it, but uh, the way that light passes through all of the leaves that are on the tree, mm-hmm. you can see like those like those sort of fire missiles that are happening in the background. Right. When they're passing behind those leaves, the way that like, there's like light occlusion mm-hmm. that happens mm-hmm. is just gorgeous. That game looks beautiful. So I'm hoping it's actually good and fun to play as well. Mm-hmm. I hope so too. Like I and this is the one thing that I always kind of have to remind myself whenever I'm watching an E3 press conference is that again, these are like produced and guided experiences to yes. for investors. And and again, like the whole thing with like E3 having like gamer passes and stuff like that. E3 is not a consumer-focused show. It never has been. The show is no. for investors. It's for press. It, that's what that show is for. And I still feel like the show is very much about that and for that. So I feel like whenever they make these trailers and these experiences and these, like, kind of very curated, like, like mission statements for these games, because I feel like these are all just, like, visual mission statements for what they're trying to achieve yes. in these games, mm-hmm. that... I hope that this translates to what's shipped because these I, games look really, and I think that Ghost of Tsushima is going to deliver on that promise. It looks mm. it looks really really good. I think it's going to deliver on that. And I know that Sekiro is going to do what it's out what it set out to do. Um I yeah. I typically get this kind of like apprehension from American game developers because I feel like a lot of it 
there's a lot of like pomp and circumstance that comes with their game titles, but especially if they're games that are like triple A big budget games. There's yeah. a lot of pomp and circumstance behind it before we actually see what the actual gameplay is. So whenever Ghost of Tsushima like comes out, I hope it does deliver on that promise because what we've seen is stunning. Absolutely stunning. Sucker Punch has always done a great job mm-hmm. of pushing PlayStation hardware to the limits. Yeah. So um, I think we will get something close to that. I know for the Last of Us gameplay. So the Last of Us gameplay, um, that was real gameplay. Yeah. What they did say is that some of those animations, because um, uh, they Naughty Dog does a lot of bespoke animations that you're going to see like once. Yeah. Um, so like in some of the fight stuff, right? Like I think there's uh, there's like a part where like Ellie either like slams a guy against the car yeah. nearby, or yeah. she gets slammed into it, and it looks great and it's really really well done. Um, and what they were saying was all of those animations are in the game. Mm-hmm. Those are things that exist that can be triggered. Um, the gameplay that they showed basically was real gameplay, but directed in a way yeah. to make sure that those animations happened in places where they wanted them to happen. Right. To showcase them. Right. So I would say, like, you might not uh, experience those bespoke animations, like, as often, or um, you might see them too often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but what's nice is that, like, everything they showed according to them, is is there. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. Um, and Spider-Man comes out soon enough that, like, everything they showed there is, is going to be there. Um, I do wish that game wasn't, hey, here's, like, the entire Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I really want a Spider-Man game that plays more like a big action RPG, mm-hmm. where it's just, like, you will... There's a big overarching plot that's, like, villain stuff a little bit, but, like, 90% of what you're doing is getting really, like cute cool surface level not just side quests but also like mainline quests that lead to the bigger stuff yeah. where you're just helping people because spider-man is at his best when he's just being a street level hero and he's just helping people out right um i do appreciate that supposedly if you're like on the ground and you're near uh, uh pedestrians i think like the square button you'll like give people a wave or you'll say hi or you'll, you'll quip to them and i was like that's very good this that's, is very precious yeah, that's good yeah i like that that's cool um oh and death stranding I don't know what to say about the game. I'm I love Kojima. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like what is there to really say about Death Stranding other than like nobody knows what the fuck that it is? No, I have no. You know what? He could release. It could. He could just be like, "This is a two-hour movie that I made," and I'd be like, "Cool, I'll buy this and watch sure. it." Like, I don't, <laughs> like I don't. I don't care. I just really love Kojima's weird shit. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm hoping it'll be also like a fun, interesting, interesting game to play. But mm-hmm. man, he like nails tone and weird horror shit. Like it's so well done. Yeah. Yeah, I just i i can't e- i can't even describe Death Stranding. I it opened up and there's a fetus, and I'm just like, oh, okay, we're just going with this from now on. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. so this is the tone that we're setting in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> you play as this baby now. Cool. <laughs> It would be cool if you think you control Norman Reedus, but in actuality, you're controlling the baby, and that's the whole gameplay dynamic. <laughs> you control the baby who controls Norman Reedus. Yes. This is, this is the secret of Death Stranding. I oh mean, my. it could be. Like, that's probably the best guess as anything else on what it's all about. So. Yeah. yeah, that is that guess is, pro- is pretty reasonable, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> 
And um, the only other thing that I can really think of off the top from the PlayStation conference that I think really stood out was uh, the remake of Resident Evil 2. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it looks um, really good. With coming off of how well-received um, RE7 was, this is cool to see, like, I think it's so great seeing Capcom flex and do what they do very well, and especially doing it very well in the modern age, because we've talked about this, at least I've talked about this ad nauseum on the show, about how I long for the days of old Capcom but I think this is what new Capcom is doing to be like, hey, like we see you, we see the old stuff and how important this is, but let's bring this into the modern era and do it the right way and putting in the right amount of time and the right amount of money and the right budget and the, the resources into them because RE7 was received so well and just from the glimpses of what we've seen from Resident Evil 2, this looks incredible. They showed gameplay later and it looks good. Yeah. It looks like RE4, but RE2. And, like, that game's not, like... That game's not a remaster. That game's barely, like, a remake. That game is just... They're basically making an entirely new game that's based on Resident Evil 2, um, which is awesome. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, so, like, that all looks great. Um, Yeah, I guess, for me, because I know initially said that I was kind of, like, underwhelmed, and I think I was underwhelmed in the fact that I was, like... I want some fucking anime bullshit in this fucking press conference. Oh, for sure. And I didn't <laughs> yeah. get none of it. I didn't get, yeah. They didn't show Code Vein. Where's my Code yeah, Vein? They didn't show Code Vein at the in like in the actual presser, but like Code Vein looks amazing. Like it's anime yes. it's anime Dark Souls. I'm in. I'm here I'm for terrible it. at Dark Souls, but I'm gonna play the anime version of it because I can make my own I'll anime try character. It <laughs> and I'm gonna try and fail at it, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Code Vein, which wasn't showed at the presser, but was at E3 and looks very good. They did show Kingdom Hearts 3 like in one of their like in-between trailer things. Yeah. And it was the same trailer that had been shown like three or four times previous at E3. Yes. But they added like once they added I think the Ratatouille section. Yeah. And that was about it. Like they showed like a couple of different things. Like there's like the, the Xbox presser, there was one where they showed Aqua and she was like, Mickey, you're too late. And I was like, Aqua got what Norton. the fuck did you do to Aqua? What, <laughs> Aqua did, you, got what Norton. did you do to help Aqua? <laughs> no, she got Norton. She got Norton. <laughs> oh no. She got Norton. No. <laughs> I love it. She got Norton. Get Mickey Norton. Everybody yeah. got Norton. And I'm like, oh, uh, and I'm like, oh great, we're going back to Pirates of the Caribbean again. Oh. Can we remove that that piece of shit, please? Can it just go away? <laughs> like he's too he's too popular in Japan though. Yeah. Like he's so big say, over there. I was like the movie or the person because both both the person. Both good person. I mean, <laughs> we can do parts of the Caribbean stuff. Please get the person out. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> and as ex- yeah. as expected, the frozen stuff looks incredible. Like it looks mm-hmm. it looks what I expected it to look like. And um, the fucking skates. <laughs> Sora's oh like God. skate keyblades or whatever the fuck he's got. I'm like, yes. This is what I expected. <laughs> fucking Sora Kamaguchi style, just like um, doing pirouettes and everything. Yeah. And, and what I thought was so weird in that trailer was like when like Elsa was like, look out. And she like attacks the heartless with her ice. And then Sora's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. You can control ice. I'm like, Sora, you do way more shit than Elsa does. <laughs> you cast magic. You cast magic, bro. Like, Son, I know you have Blazara in there. Like, like what she did was like nothing in comparison. It was basic to, it level. Was, it was basic level shit. 
in comparison to what you have done in Kingdom Hearts 2. What the fuck? He should have been... He should have been like, oh, that's cool, and then cast Zara and, like, killed everything, yes. and then, like, what's up? But it, I've been norded. Yeah, it, it looks good. Like, it, it, it looks really, really good. Okay, like, but can we talk about Mickey being the worst friend? Because, like, Aqua and the Aqua stuff's like, man, I'm, like, really depressed. I don't know where I belong, and, like, I have all these emotional problems, and Mickey's like, ha-ha, you'll be okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, fucking no help at all. Okay, having, having just finished, um... The, the side story uh, in the Kingdom Hearts 2.8 where you're controlling Aqua yeah. while she's in the darkness. Yeah. Literally, like, she's with Mickey and he's like, we're gonna, we're gonna lock it from the other side. And she's like, I'll stay here and close the door. He's like, oh no, you shouldn't do that. And then, and then he basically is like, okay, have fun. And like, just leaves her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like, Mickey, what the fuck? Like, you could have at least tried a little harder to convince yeah, her. Yeah, seriously. Like, <laughs> Mickey's like, I'm in a bad place right now. Or uh, Aqua's like, I'm in a bad place right now. And Mickey's like, well, just concentrate on happy stuff. Like, <laughs> like he's just... He's like, have you... Mickey's like, have you tried not being depressed? Like, <laughs> literally the fucking worst. <laughs> Maybe you should exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's your diet like? <laughs> So I've been I've been doing a Mickey voice for the past few days because I've been playing Kingdom Hearts, and I think my husband's gonna leave me. <laughs> oh my god! Sla- our our slash relationships. Yeah. My husband left me for Mickey voice. Oh god! Just just Mickey being like new agey, not letting like not letting Aqua get actual help for depression. We're like maybe it's a gluten intolerance. <laughs> Have you tried going to Talkspace.com? It's like... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Uh-huh. I got a good iPhone app for that. Oh my God. Like, Mickey, oh my help, God, her help. help her get help. Help her get help. her. Oh, my God. It's like, fight the darkness. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3 looks good. I'm into that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, this is not Sony's conference, but I would say the two things that I came away from most hyped about for me 3, it probably... Anthem for sure, man. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, like that trailer, like, uh, and supposedly the behind the scenes like fifty minute demo, that trailer is all legit. Yeah, like the demo, like all those assets are in the game. They look, they look just as good. Yeah. Um, and it's it's weird. I hate that this is a thing that I'm like uh, susceptible to, but like you know, like sometimes like a trailer for something or like a moment, it just like does this thing right where you're just like, oh yeah, like you're like you're so excited over something stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, in that Cyberpunk 2077 uh, trailer, it was when he uh, he gets in the car yeah. and he turns it on, and the brake lights come on like sequentially from bottom to top, and I was like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, the <laughs> future, <laughs> fucking brake lights of the future. <laughs> I was like, oh, you, like I got I got so like I think it's just like really cool. I love cars, and it's also just like really cool like futuristic mechanical design and i was just like "Ooh, brake lights <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was so excited Man, if those of you that are listening to this like if you could see like the flex face that ruben is making when he says like "Ooh, brake lights it's my macho man randy yeah, savage oh yeah it's really good it's really really good <laughs> that's that's go what lift, i do it's like you're gonna go lift weights after and just be like oh brake lights yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when I'm depressed, I just think about that. That's what I do. Oh, have you thought about brake lights? <laughs> yeah, think about that car. Those brake lights are pretty cool, huh? Uh-huh. 
Everybody, hire Ruben Medina in for your voice acting. It is it's incredible. It's such a good Mickey it's voice. A really, it's a really good Mickey voice. Which is funny because I never do Mickey. It's so really you guys help, good. You guys helped me find. Well, I'll listen to the recording later and see it's if it's so actually good. I think it's really good. It's so I think good. it's a good Mickey. I got, I got Norton. Oh. <laughs> it's so good. God. Fucking Mickey gets snorted, Fuck, becomes a turf. Mickey. Just the no, <laughs> no, the worst. Fuck. Mickey, no, oh, the worst thing on the planet. My God. Oh boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> not intersectional feminism. Wow. No, yeah, I... no Mickey. <laughs> Mickey, no. Mickey, no. <laughs> Mickey, no. He got snorted and turned into a shitty person. No. <laughs> oh my God. He's he turned into that girl that you met at that party. Oh my today. God. So bad. Um, mm. So, <laughs> so what about Ubisoft? What are what are your feelings? Did, did we bring um, anything to the table outside of the uh, the Donkey Kong um, deal? Oh, is that is that Ubi? Yeah, it's just DLC for for rabbits. Yeah. Um, uh, I was uh, Beyond Good and Evil trailer. The trailer was yeah, good, good, and they fucked it up by being like, "Hey, we're partnering with Hit Record to have fans make." assets oh, to be in yeah. the game. Fuck doing bad. work for spec. Fuck Don't that. do spec work. Run me my money. No. Don't do that shit for fucking free. Fuck that. God yeah, damn it. The, like, the fallout from ahead. that was really bad. Um, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I know because he, he owns Hit Record, he was online mm-hmm. trying to defend it, saying like, oh, well, we pay lots of people, but um, from stories that I gathered is that they're not consistent with that, and you should definitely not give them any of your artwork or ideas. I was reading up on how, how it works, and you just don't have control over what you get paid. It's it's um, so, so currently, they only have 50 grand from Ubisoft, to pay for this, to, like, divvy out for this asset stuff. Yeah. So, literally, they're taking, like, the low end of what the annual salary for, like, one person doing asset work would be, and trying to get asset work from, like, a fuck ton of people, which is shitty. Um, so, that's awful. They said they could potentially grow that pot, but still awful. Uh, and when when they do, when you do work for Hit Record, from what I was reading, basically, uh, if it gets... If that project gets picked up and that thing makes money, then Hit Record basically like makes a post for the project and everyone involved that is like, cool, this is going to make this much, so the pay for that, the payout for that is going to be this. Um, and then there can be negotiation like in the thread from people who worked on the project, but that's just it's so abusive towards the creator because you don't know what you're making going in. You don't know if if you're going to make anything because it's absolutely spec work. Even if they don't own the rights to what you make after the fact, you still took time to make a completed product right. or a mostly completed completed product. Or they talk about how it's collaborative, so that you like you do a little bit and then someone adds on to that, and like everyone kind of works on it together. But still, you're expending energy without any like pay set up. Right. Um, and then you have no idea until they negotiate with you what you're going to make, if anything. And it's just like, it's it's already bad enough that the game industry is doing 90% like contract work yeah. now so that they don't have to pay people health benefits right. um, and can get rid of people when games are done being made. And this is just like the next shittier step where you're taking 
fan enthusiasm, which is a very pure, very good thing, mm-hmm. and you are use you are you are taking that pure good feeling and using it to get stuff made for your game that even if it's a pet project, even if it's a game that has developers behind it that are very, very passionate and they want the fans to be involved in some way. And that was the idea behind this in the first place. It's still a game being published by Ubisoft who is making billions. They're, they're one of the best performing uh, dev- um, publishers right now. They have deep pockets. You're still taking all of that and turning it into this like even more, even, even less responsible form of, of work of like contractor work in the gaming industry. And that fucking sucks. It It's bad for the people that you lure into doing it. Yeah. It's bad for uh, creating stability in the gaming industry. It weakens the stance for people to try to get unions mm-hmm. made in the gaming industry because we you know, okay, well why, why will we even bother entertaining, allowing you guys to unionize? Um, if we know that not only can we just go get contractors and get that work done that way, we can just get fans to fucking make stuff. Right. It's just it's just real nasty. It's it, and it made it soured me to what looks like a really cool game from a really cool series that has a lot of passionate fans. It soured me to that entire thing. Yeah. All I have to say is run me my money. <laughs> Never do spec work. Like I mean, do what you want, but like if you have a bunch of money and you can afford to just fucking do spec work because you want to do right. it. That's fine, yeah. but like I don't know, I don't I know like almost I don't think I know any artist friends that are like I'm rolling in money, so let me just take time to do spec work. <laughs> They're all super rich. Yeah. Artists yeah. are always wealthy. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a mess. Yeah, what a mess. What a mess. Yeah, I'm not very happy about that at all. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I mean, you you said it so eloquently, like it takes away from like the potential of being able to unionize and it kind of perpetuates this kind of conversation around doing of, of like working in the arts or anything like that where it's like oh I can just like find someone to do it for cheaper it's like sure you can find someone to do what you want for cheaper but is it going to be the quality that you want and by kind of like doing this work for spec it like kind of like devalues anybody contributing anything to anything because it's like oh well if I can just ask randoms online that are super passionate about this is to do any anything that we want and us get to reap the benefits from it and maybe pay them next to nothing for it af- after the fact like mm-hmm. what's the point of, of hiring a team of artists what's the point of hiring a whole like development team and all this other stuff so like it's not yeah it's not a great thing on the positive side the new assassin's creed is real gay so gay it's very gay it is really it looks gay. like a bioware game how about that? Like, it really looks like everything that they showed, I was like, oh, this is, like, the Bioware game that we didn't get from Bioware, the C3. Like, you can choose between the guy or the girl. Um, they got a thing right that Bioware, I don't think, ever got right, technically, which is you can romance anyone regardless of whether you pick the guy or the girl, mm-hmm. which is dope. I think that's, like, really, really nice to give the that player choice. Yeah. Um, also, the female lead is a queen. She's beautiful and strong and perfect, and I love her. <laughs> like, I already um, have a big crush. I loved her awkward lesbian flirting. It yes. was so great, where she's like, oh, I wasn't expecting you to say anything back to me. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> it was so... Pr- and that was, like... And that was good, because, like... So I was just talking about how, like, flirting is not good in games, usually. That flirting was so nice, because she comes on with this sort of, like, hard line, 
and then the character that you're flirting with calls you out on it basically and it's like all right cool if you're gonna go that hard like i'm gonna like acknowledge it where, where do you have to go with this and she immediately gets so embarrassed and like so nervous that she backs off of it and it's adorable and it's good and it's good writing and it's cute and i it's loved like, it oh, it's so good there's another scene that i saw a trailer for um got she's walking into it's her talking to that going to talk to that character i think um that you can romance mm-hmm. and she walks into a room and like uh all of these guys like pull spears on her and she's just like i came here like because there was a call for help like I'm, I'm supposed to be here and then like a knife flies by her face and like it hits the wall and just sticks in um and it's the it's like the girl that you flirt with later um and it's just like the 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 camera angles the direction of it is really well done the writing the timings like comedic like genuinely good comedic mm-hmm. um and i was like this is this is as good as when bioware is doing it's writing just right uh, and that's in an Assassin's Creed game, which is buck wild to me. So I'm, I am like so on board for that game. Actually, it, it, it made me want to go and pick up Origins and play through that because I heard so many good things about Origins and being an amazing like husband wife combo that you play as in that yeah. game. Yeah, I haven't um, played an Assassin's Creed in a while. They were kind of, you know, they were just starting to feel repetitive to yep. me. And you're you're yep. always playing this white guy saving the world secretly mm-hmm. saving everyone and i'm i'm really excited that you can play as a man or a woman i haven't played origins but i'll have to check that out too but i i love the direction that they're taking with it um and li- like you said it just looks pretty it's gorgeous <laughs> it's like colorful and it's beautiful and um and like you know you've been able to play as a woman i think in uh, syndicate there were times where you could play as the sister character in it but it wasn't a full-on, like, you just pick who you want to be. And it seems like the story is the same, regardless of who you pick. And the interactions are roughly the same. And I was just like, that's awesome. Like, that's all I want. It's so it's so simple. Let me play a game and be bi or queer or whatever else. You don't have to make a big statement about it, necessarily. It's just giving... If you're going to act like you're going to give me a RPG experience that has player choice where I can be who I want to be and create that person. Even if you're giving me an established character who has a name, um, the fact that like you're going to let me pick, uh, and it's uh, still a binary uh, gender, right. which like we will hopefully get to that point sooner where maybe you can pick and then also set up your pronouns so that I'll be using the game or whatever yeah. else. Um, but it is a step in the right direction. Um, and then, like, let me romance where the fuck I want. So my character can be straight or gay or bi or whatever. Uh, it's just really nice. Well, you know, now that it's so much easier to animate women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they wow, fi- the they finally have the technology the to animate women. Three years. Finally, finally we can animate women. In the year of our oh. Lord 2018, we have the technology <laughs> to animate women. Bless it. Well, we needed it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it sure wasn't, wasn't um, there before. My God. Uh, but that's all from Ubisoft. They have that Ubisoft has that game that's like a toys to life thing. Starlink. That Starlink. Looks, Starlink. Yeah. It looks like No Man's Sky. Like it looks almost exactly like No Man's mm-hmm. Sky. But then uh, Star Fox is in it. Yeah. So Nintendo continues to just be like, "Yo, do you guys do you guys want to make a lot of money toys? and put one of our things in your <laughs> yeah. game?" Yeah. But I saw that fucking R wing and I was like, "But what if I just didn't buy the game but bought that R wing?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
So are we are we moving on to Yes, to Nintendo, last your favorite. But at least my fucking fave. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so, um, holy shit, Nintendo fucking snatched me fucking bald, but that's, that's, that's <laughs> just me, I know not everybody feels that way, and that's fine. DJ put on, like, ten wigs before the Nintendo Direct started, and they all got have snatched. You, oh. Have you seen, um, the video that's been going around, um, um, um what is his name? It's that Pride video, it's right? Pride video, but, like, the second one that he's yes. done, where he was wearing the wig, like, the, the rainbow-colored yes. wigs, like, in the correct yes. order of the rainbow, that's... What I did with Nintendo was, like, in order, during my Pride Month, of just, like, snatching multiple wigs off of my own head. Um, so, Nintendo does what they always do. They do whatever the fuck they want, because that's what Nintendo does. They really don't give a shit about E3, and it's, like, clear every year that they don't. Um, but, I mean, they, they don't, but they do. Because, like, they don't do, like, a live press thing. They always do their kind of, like pre-recorded video thing, the, the pre-recorded Nintendo Direct that they do specifically for E3, which is super exciting, and um, a lot of people were thinking that they were going to open with Smash, kind of similar to what they did at E3 2014, where they opened mm-hmm. with Smash, but they didn't. They started off with um, with a Damon X Machina, which looks really fucking cool. It's like a super like cel-shaded mech game from from Marvelous, which is headed up by the Armored Core producer, Kenshiro Tsukuda, yeah. Yeah, Kenshiro Tsukuda, and the designs from Macross, designer from from the Macross series, Shoji, Kawamori. So, um, this looks like it's gonna be fucking legit. Like, it looks really cool. The visual style is really nice. Um, It's, like, cel-shaded, but super detailed and really refined. It kind of, at first when I saw it, I kind of, like, is this, like, like an actual No More Heroes game, but mm-hmm. um, but it's not like it's it's Damon X Machina, which looks really neat. So I'm really interested in that. Um, there there weren't a whole lot of details that were shown about the game, but um, I'm down for more mecha games in 2018 and in the future. All mecha games. Bring bring that shit here. <laughs> give me more Armored Core games. Give me this. Um, I give me a new front mission. Yeah, like yes. Yeah. <laughs> Square Enix, where's our new front mission game? Give us a new front mission. That'd be great. Um, so that looks really cool. Um, they also showed us um, a peek at the new Fire Emblem game, which is Fire Emblem Three mm. Houses, which uh, looks uh, which. Mm, oh, I'm ready. Give me that. Sh- That's that is the thing. As someone who's not a huge Smash player, that is the thing from, from the direct that I like freaked out the most about. It looks really. I good. was like, it looks really good because it looks. It looks like Fire Emblem, just as fucky, just as stupid, but... <laughs> just as fucky. Yeah. Just as fucky. Yeah. Um, but, like, more tactics, mm-hmm. even, and I was just like, yes. Because it looks like you're... Yes. Also, the art style looks fucking great. Yeah, like, you're controlling, like, armies is what it looks like from what we saw in the trailer, mm-hmm. and as much as I am saddened by the fact that we're not getting more art from um, Yusuke Kozaki with this Fire Emblem game... The new art direction for it, though, looks really good. Like, and mm-hmm. what's cool is that this is the first Fire Emblem game that's been on a, on a Nintendo home console. Like, what, if you could call Switch technically a home console, it's both. But um, this is the first one that's been, that it's been on the Wii in over a decade. Like, the last one that was on a home console was Radiant Dawn on the Wii. So it's been a minute mm-hmm. since Fire Emblem has set foot onto a quote-unquote home console which is really cool. Um, it's slated to come out spring of next year, which is exciting. So I can't wait to see more of what this game is going to be like in the next couple of directs from now, if they show it in the future. 
So it's gonna be horny. There's gonna be a whole oh, direct. Oh about yeah, it. yeah. Please give me a whole direct showing me like all like the relationship charts and shit that we can do in Fire Emblem Three Houses. <laughs> There's gonna be no gameplay. It's gonna be like here's here's the children you can make. Here's the relationships you can have. Yeah. Please. So I have to ask because yeah. Fire Emblem. I'm a little bit of a completionist sometimes, and Fire Emblem. I love it, and I love romancing people in games. Is like I have to. Yeah. It's a compulsion. I have to romance everyone. Yeah. So it takes me like a year to complete a Fire Emblem game <laughs> right, because right. I have to I have to follow every romance option, which means I have to like save and go through it, and then go back to the original save, and then go through it through that. So. Do you guys like, like what? How do other people play Fire Emblem? Do you, do you pick your favorites and then just continue and never know what the potential relationship could have been? So I'm gonna tell you the kind of person that my fiance is. Like he makes like spreadsheets, like Google spreadsheets of like yes. what are, what are the best. Give me the best kids. Give me the best matchups. Give me the best. How to fuck that CSV? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Let me make a CSV file of who to fuck in Fire Emblem to get the best results. <laughs> is what he does. Um, me, I turn off permadeath because I'm a fucking child, and I'm like, I don't want. Oh, any- I get so upset. I, I, I'm like, I can't have any of them die. Like, what if I need them later? Like, I can't. So I can't do permadeath, but like. I'm 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 very much like oh like this one's really cute I like this character like should I romance them I don't know like it's it's a lot of like oh what do I do it, it feels very like shoujo anime for me I'm like oh my god I have all these boys around me but which one do I pick I have so I'm ma- in the middle of a harem yeah, yeah it's it's <laughs> Fire Emblem is my like self insert into a harem anime that's what Fire Emblem is for me <laughs> and uh, yeah I I just I love that. And I'm very much looking forward to that. I have to. I 100% have to. Like, it's like real life. I I have options, and I have to just pick one, and it be my OTP, yeah. and be content with that. But what, <laughs> if, it's, I can, but what if it's the wrong OTP? <laughs> well, then then, it, then I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> then then I'm gonna go online and watch all of the videos of the other possibilities I could have had. Um. Oh, God, I'm so I'm so excited for Fire yeah, Emblem. Yeah, Fire Emblem looks really good. What, um, what if they made Space Fire Emblem God, though? <laughs> I love, I fucking love Fire, and I'm so I'm so glad that Fire Emblem really caught on in the West. I'm so glad it's they're so I don't so good. I don't think it would have if they didn't make it fucky. Like, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, if, 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 if making they make, it anime and horny, fucky. like it, it wouldn't. But like also, no. We have Smash Brothers to thank for that, and I'll get to that later. Um, okay, that's true. So the the next thing I'm just looking at this list of like all the things that they announced on the direct on on the website, and there's a new DLC expansion coming to Xenoblade Chronicles Two. It's Xenoblade Chronicles sure. Two: Torna the Golden Country, which is cool because it's like you're you're playing some of the enemy characters that you fight in Xenoblade Chronicles, and you're getting more backstory about previous of uh, other characters that were that came prior to the protagonist of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which is really cool. Um, the mm-hmm. game It's a really good game. I need to get back and finishing it. it ha- as much as I get frustrated with some of the, like, super, like, horny, the super, like, bad character designs of certain characters in the game, it's still really good. And so I need to go back and finish it. But um, it'll feature some tweaks to the battle system of the game, allowing you to play both as Blades and as... Uh, Drivers, which are like the people that control the blades in the game, um, so it's definitely like we are giving more shit to the fans. Like 
it's very much that, and I'm glad that it's done so well globally, which is mm-hmm. what I was concerned about, because I didn't think that... Because after Xenoblade Chronicles X, which was very, like... It was still very narrative-driven, but it was like, you make your own character and all that stuff, so it's not the same as a very, like, traditional JRPG in terms of a narrative. Um, I was worried that they weren't going to bring another Xenoblade Chronicles title. They, were, they just weren't going to make another one. But Xenoblade Chronicles 2 kind of, like, showcase that that it's very much what people still want and it's it's a good game i have people that have sank that have sunk like 120 plus hours into that game and there's a lot to do in it so i'm excited for there to be more stuff for people to do with this uh, update and it comes out september 21st which is pretty cool so it's like right around the corner um, something else that I was super excited about was, um, they are just, like, overhauling Mario Party altogether. They've dropped the numbers. It looks good. Which is good. They dropped the numbers, and it's now Super Mario Party, so... Also, it looks like you're not all riding into the same fucking car. Which was car. fucking dumb. Mario Party 10 was so <laughs> bad. It was the worst, and I feel so bad that my children have grown up in a world where they have only played Mario Party in a fucking cart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So oh, we're gonna God. change that yeah. when the new Super Mario Party comes yeah, out. Super- Kids have got it so hard today. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what I thought was like, I mean, it looks like it's going back to basics to what Mario Party is while adding new mechanics to it and take really taking advantage of the Switch. What was really cool was in that that trailer that they showed debuting it was that they were using multiple Switch consoles to kind of like make um, different setups for different mini games, which yeah, which is really which is cool. really cool. So like, I feel like they're actually like trying to modernize what Mario Party is, but also keeping the core experience. So what it usually what it's been known to be, which this is good. I think this will be the first Mario Party game that's been out in quite some time that's actually good because Mario Party hasn't been good for a while. Uh, we're getting. Uh, I'm excited about this Killer Queen Black. Yeah. Which, Killer Queen is, um, most people haven't played it because it really has only existed at uh, conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a game that requires a pretty intense um, arcade cabinet yeah. setup. It's like four on four or eight on eight, mm-hmm. usually. Um, so it's expensive. Um, it is such a fun, like, play with your friends all around the same two screens yeah. game. Um, it'll be curious to see how this works on Switch because. There's a lot happening on a screen in Killer Queen. Yeah. It's like kind of hard to decipher even playing the normal game. So if it's going to be like four on four, each person on their own Switch screen, mm-hmm. that's going to be tough. Like it would honestly, I would say it would need to be like a two TV setup, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, however they do it, though, it's such a good couch co-op game mm-hmm. uh, and like or party game yeah. rather that I'm very excited for it to be coming to something. Um, Octopath Traveler, which I played the demo mm-hmm. of. That is like a JRPG ass JRPG. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I like love the demo. I thought it was great, it, but it, it was it was very JRPG. But I've like I I've missed that. Mm-hmm. I like the art style a lot, and like both the the art style of like the actual like concept art that you see throughout yeah. the game, which is gorgeous. It's very like old school Final Fantasy, like old school tactics, which I yeah. love. Um, but also the in-game art style is a really cool, like, 2D pixel... Like, it's really cool and fun. Um, so, I'm curious. It'll be, it'll be like, how that story in that game is. Like, I played the demo and I liked it mechanically. I wasn't super sold story-wise. Yeah. Um, 
just because a lot of the characters started off kind of slow, I would mm-hmm. say. Did you um, did you play as all of the characters? Um, I played as the hunter for a bit, and then I played like the first like 20, 30 minutes of like a couple of the other characters. Um, and I liked all of them. I just wanted uh, I, I didn't find any of them having like really, really compelling starts necessarily. Um, but I liked a lot of them. I wasn't crazy about the voice acting on the hunter girl. Like everyone I, in her I tribe has weird either. Shakespearean talk yeah. that doesn't make sense. Um, I did really like uh, Primrose. She's the dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I did like her because in the demo you can play through their whole first chapter basically. And I yeah. did like her opening chapter. Um, it gave me a taste of like, like this game's got some pretty mature content in it. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, she's a whore <laughs> and yeah. has been a whore for years. And like they they did not shy away from the fact that she had like a master who was basically he was like you'll come to my room after your performance and you'll purr for me kitten and I'm like dude's gonna rape her what the hell so yeah. wasn't expecting that from this cute little JRPG yeah with very cutesy graphics mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um, but I am curious about it and I'm curious how it's gonna function because I know that you can start as any as any of the eight characters and you will cross paths with other characters mm-hmm. and you can add them to your party but it sounds like you will actually need to at least I don't think that you can like really get everything I want to play through I think you will actually have to like play eight different times to some degree yeah. to get I everything. Have it, I think you can actually probably do it in one playthrough. Um, when you meet up with one of the other characters, because um, I made it to the like night um, mm-hmm. from when I started as, as the dancer, and basically then you play through his chapter one when you meet him. He's like, here's what's happened in my life up to this point. And then you ah. can group up. Um, and then it seems okay. like when you when you go to taverns, um, there's an option that's like, hear a story. And then there wasn't really anything that you could do in the demo, but what I think is like, you can actually use that to like, go back through and like, catch up on storylines that you may haven't, like you haven't done yet for the other characters. Okay. That makes sense. That would be cool. That way you're not like, investing a billion hours into it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited about playing that one too. Um, It looks really fun i like the art direction for it a lot so i'm uh, i need to get that demo and really play through it myself because i haven't yet been too busy playing mario tennis uh (laughs) but um the last title i think that uh, well not the last one but um so the next one that i'm looking at here on this list um overcooked 2 was shown for switch yeah so overcooked 1 is a great game it doesn't work very well on switch I'm hoping no. that they resolve that issue with Overcooked 2 on Switch. So, my fingers crossed for that. It looks like it's more more Overcooked, more of the same, which mm-hmm. is what I want, is more, more of that. So, it looks cool. I'm, I'm, it looks like it also has online multiplayer, so that's also something that's different from the first title, because it was just local co-op before, right? Yeah. Yes, it was just local, yeah. yeah. So I'm definitely down for more Overcooked. I'm down to play that online and get mad at people that I'm playing with online. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that looks great. So I'm hoping that the frame rate yeah. issues are resolved with this one. And the first Overcooked ended up uh, outing Nick Robinson as a creeper. So maybe Overcooked 2 will out someone else as a creeper. Yeah. Oh, it did? Yeah. That- oh, yeah. Literally, that's the funniest thing about the whole story is that literally Nick Robinson went on a tweet, a tweet tirade about the overcooked on uh, switch having bad um frame rate dips 
and was just being like really like unnecessarily pissy with the devs about it and then someone made a comment about him being a creeper and being shitty to women and then everyone was just like uh-huh yes and then it blew up i had no idea that's how it started <laughs> yeah. that's amazing yes, that's, yeah that's how it starts so let's see if overcooked 2 brings um brings out another creeper for who us you to, gonna call yeah, out who's overcooked maybe, maybe. Who gonna call out <laughs> the so, poor frame I'm rates d- was intentional <laughs> Um, and just, um, what's really cool, too, is that they showed, like, a little, like, reel of titles that are also coming to the Switch later. Um, Dragon Ball Fighter Z is coming, um, which is mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, from what I've seen, like, there is there is some, like, visual stuff that's lost in the Switch version, but not much. So it looks really good. The frame rate's really great on it. That's coming out, I think, holiday this year. Um, there's that goofy, like, horny SNK heroines fighting game that's coming out later this year. Um, Love mm-hmm. it! Yeah, I'm, I'm buying it. It's gonna be great. Um, Fortnite is now out on Switch. If you have it on PS4, do not link your account because it will it will lock your account because Sony's being real shitty about this, like, cross-play stuff. Um, and then, other than that, um, the big thing for me... For Nintendo as well, because they spent a large portion of of their time talking about it, is... Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Yes, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, (laughs) yes. Um, God, that game is so good. I'm so glad that it is coming to Switch, and and I'm glad that, like... There was a 3... I forgot that there was even a 3DS version of that game. I didn't even realize Mm -hmm. that it came out on the 3DS, but I went and I actually had to Google it. I'm like, oh my god, it actually did. (laughs) But I'm glad that it's now coming out on Switch, so that people that miss that game altogether will get to play it. And the one thing before Smash Brothers that I'm very upset that they didn't mention is that where is my Tokyo Mirage session port? Where is it? Um, when we were talking about Fire Emblem, the only thing I can keep thinking is I loved Tokyo Mirage Sessions so much. It's, re- it's a really good game that nobody played. <laughs> I played it, yeah, and I, I loved yeah, it. Yeah, I played it, and I loved it, too. Like, I really hope that they bring that over to the Switch. Like, people are really missing out on a really solid JRPG. That's what held me over until Persona 5 came out, was that game. Same, So, same. it's so good. Play that game Poured if you can it. find it. Like, I hope that they bring it over to Switch. I hope they talk about it at a future Direct. But, um, yes, the the big thing for me, which I was very excited about coming away from, was... Smash Brothers Ultimate, which it definitely is living up to the name to me because it is literally every character that has ever appeared as a playable character in Smash is in this game. Which it's sixty four total, um, right? Sixty. There's I think there's like sixty four characters right now, um, and I think they're still think, saying there's going to be a couple more characters that they're going to add to it. I think it's probably going to be characters from at least a character from Arms because there's not a representative from that game mm. announced for it yet, yeah. and Arms has done very well. Um, so something from that, and maybe they'll probably add the protagonist from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, who knows, but there's definitely some room to add other characters. Uh, Can one of the characters be the release date for Metroid Prime 4? Yeah, you know, yeah, you know what, that'd be great. <laughs> just, that would actually be great. Because I, I, that'd be really exciting. I, I do appreciate <laughs> that just, they did, that they, over that they the actually arena. did mention why they didn't even talk about Metroid, because they're like, it's not in a position they for did. us to show it yet. And No, which I totally which, get. I yeah, totally but get. I'm like, where is it? But um, I, I much... And, I, and that's what I like so much about Nintendo is that they've mastered this formula of like not doing a direct about, about titles that aren't like this is almost done 
this is coming out within the next eight to ten months or even a year from now. Like the thing, the game that's the furthest out is the next Pokemon game, which is Holiday 2019. I think that mm-hmm. of everything that they've talked about over the past like two months, that game is the one that's the furthest out is the next Pokemon title. And of course, they talked about Pokemon Let's Go too, which is going to be fun. I'm excited about that, but. Smash Brothers. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> DJ, this this is a question I have if someone doesn't play yeah. Smash. So there's 64 yes. characters now. And there's probably going to be closer to maybe 70 by the mm-hmm. time it comes out, honestly, because they're going to release yeah. stuff. Do I need to learn 64 characters to be competitive? No. Not how to play necessarily, no. but understand animation stuff? and. No, not necessarily. Um, I think um, even as someone that plays Smash competitively... Like, I don't play as everybody in that game. Um, And I think... And this is the thing about playing competitively when it comes to Smash, is that um, when you were playing with other people, other people that you play with might be playing those characters that you will never find yourself playing as. So you get experience from dealing with those characters and those matchups by playing other people. And Because that's that's the whole great thing that I love so much about playing Smash competitively and being involved in the, the local Smash scene was that... I had friends that, like, mained characters that I knew for a fact that I was never going to play. And so by playing them just, like, for fun and just, like, just, like you know, practicing with them, you get that experience hands-on. And being in, like, those kind of, like, competitive or tournament settings, like, you kind of get that experience, which is, which is pretty cool. It's kind of like when you're, like, playing a sport. It's like you never, you're not going to know, like, what strength and weaknesses, like, the opposing team that you're dealing with is going to always have especially if you've never played them mm-hmm. before, but by playing them, you get that experience to kind of know what to do, what their tells are, what it is that they excel at, what their weaknesses are, and how, do you ex- and how you exploit them. So what's so cool about Ultimate to me, I'm not going to go on forever about this because we're already at two hours, um, but what's really cool about Ultimate is that, and having watched all of the Nintendo Treehouse footage of, of Smash, they've literally had nine... 30 minute segments over the course of the week of E3 where they played Smash Ultimate for 30 minutes each. There are, so the, I basically got like another like three or so hours of like Smash footage outside of the, the Invitational Tournament. And what's really cool is that they did spend a lot of time talking about the changes that they made to the game to make the game more competitive. But also they talked about how they managed to f- strike a really great balance of doing that but while also not making it so inaccessible to people that have no interest and playing that game from a, at a competitive standpoint, and also, they're really looking at this game as an entry point for a lot of people as well, too. So they've struck, I believe, a really good balance of that by the conversation that they were having surrounding it, which is really awesome to see. And a lot of the requests and feedback that people gave Nintendo about Smash 4, in terms of it being competitive, they literally have addressed all of those things for the most part, in Ultimate, which is really exciting. So yeah, it sounds like they're actually gonna get behind the like FGC uh, for for Smash finally, yeah. which is they've always been at arm's length with it. Yeah, which is yeah because they've always kind of been not they didn't really care too much about that. I would say probably up until twenty thirteen or fourteen, did you really start to see that shift? Because the conversations surrounding competitive Smash started shifting right around the release of Smash for the Wii U. And seeing how energized the community is surrounding that game, and like Nintendo created like Nintendo Versus, which is their like competitive 
gaming Twitter account where they talk about ARMS competitively, Splatoon, and Smash. And they are very adamant about, like, highlighting these competitive tournaments that are happening all around the world with their various titles that are of a competitive nature. So it's really cool to see them really paying attention to that. And JC, who is one of the members of Nintendo Treehouse who worked a lot on Smash Wii U, is also working a lot on Ultimate, and said straight up that, like, this game is, like, a love letter and a thank you to to you guys for, mm-hmm. you know you know, being standing beside Nintendo and, like, being so dedicated to Smash and them wanting to give back to the competitive scene is so cool. And they're really trying to make this game bridge the gap between, like, Melee players and Smash 4 players for everyone to come around the same game. So it's it's really exciting. Um, it looks beautiful, um, Bandai Namco is back at it again, helping them with the development process of the game as well. Um, it's in a new engine. They're using Unreal Engine before they were using the Havoc engine for the game. So the game does look mm-hmm. a little bit different visually. Um, but it looks really nice. The colors are a little bit more washed out on the Switch version of the game versus the Wii U one, which the Wii U game, to me personally, looks better because I think the color palette for that game, if you look at screenshots from Smash Wii U, is very warm. It's very warm, and I think it really lends itself well to, like, HD visuals. So, um, it looks really good, but the new game looks great, too, but the colors are a little bit more muted, which is fine, but I posted a thread on Twitter, like, the day before Nintendo's Direct, and was like, these are the things that I want from Smash, from Smash Ultimate. Um, and all the things, except for one, I got right. So I was like, yes! <laughs> they're listening! They listen to us, which is so cool. But um, I'm I'm really excited about it. It's coming out December seventh, and I didn't think that it would actually happen that they would release another Smash that would release another Smash game. And it's and I didn't even realize that it's been four years since the Wii U version of the game came out. So it's about yeah. time, which is cool. Um, I'm excited about. Uh, so I really like Shadow Moses Island. Yeah. Um, that's coming back. Mm-hmm. I was really excited about yeah. that. Um. I'm I I haven't I'm I haven't looked too much into the Echo Fighters, mm-hmm. um, but that looks pretty cool. I hope that like maybe they'll release more of those yeah. as like updates. Um, I think that'd be really cool. And I'm also I I love Splatoon, so I I really like that. Um, you can get an assist trophy if you're an Inkling uh, with the Squid Sisters. Yeah. And I like the mm-hmm. way that it works. It's that the camera pans in closer and closer to them, which makes the uh, the actual stage smaller and smaller. Yeah. Um, and I, I really liked that. Yeah, like it's what what I've read recently, and I and I definitely agree with what I've been seeing is that at this point, like Smash Ultimate's kind of like a love letter to Smash itself because before it's been like a love letter and kind of like a big advertisement for everything else Nintendo. But it's really yeah. a celebration of Smash in and of itself at this point, which is super cool because there have been that many titles in this series to where they can actually celebrate this, the franchise itself as its own thing, which is really unique, and I really like that a lot. Um, Put Tracer in Smash, you can. <laughs> That'd be amazing, actually. That was the one thing that I wanted, I think. And again, as someone who, who's always played Smash yeah. casually, I was like, oh, this is cool that like literally all the characters... Mm-hmm are back and that's really really rad um but i think what i tend to get excited about with smash is is like new yeah. stuff which i know there's some new yeah. character stuff um 
and I, I think I just want to see. I would love to see as we get to the like lead up to the release some exciting new stuff, or even like echoes of characters that are just like new yeah. ones. Like Waluigi should be in that game. Yeah. Come on, guys. Oh, um, yeah, would, they are just they are just shitting Waluigi. on Waluigi, the poor baby. <laughs> um, honestly, I think as far as like realistically characters to add to Smash, I I was surprised. I'm surprised that they haven't added a a rabid. Or rabbits in general, mm-hmm. given the fact that that relationship is already yeah. there. Yeah, I feel like they probably will at this point. I think it's pretty, especially with how well um, uh, Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle did. Like, I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's in the cards for that to happen. Also, Microsoft is getting chummier with Nintendo. Yeah, like that whole video they released like, about like playing together. Like, yeah. Yeah, which I mean, they're they're 100 percent like I don't I don't think, I mean, maybe they would be. Uh, I think Microsoft is taking the stance that they're taking because they're not number one right, right now. I don't know if they'd be taking the stance if they were in Sony's position. Right. I think Sony's position is really really shitty, and I think it's bad for them from a publicity perspective. Right. I also, to some degree, understand financially why they're right. doing that. That said, like. Um, they talked about uh, Phil Spencer did an interview with Giant Bomb recently, where you know he he has lunch with Nintendo first parties like yeah. all the time, like there is a relationship yeah. there. So I would be given the fact that that relationship is more on display now than ever, essentially to dunk on Sony, because yeah. um, like Sony and Xbox are going to compete against Always. each other. They're not competing with right. Nintendo. Like at this point, they understand that Nintendo is not trying to compete with them and vice right. versa. Um, so I think it's smart that Microsoft is trying to align itself as the friendly one with Nintendo right. there already. Right. But that also makes me think there is more room for potentially a like Master Chief comes to Smash mm-hmm. or something from a first party Microsoft product um, having someone come yeah. into it. Yeah, like who knows? Like like at this point, like after they put fucking Cloud in Smash Brothers, I'm like the possibilities are honestly endless at this point. Um, um what's his name is back as the voice of yeah. Snake? David, which is yeah, the best? David Cage. Uh, uh, no. Yeah. No. Well, David Cage. Wait. Detroit become yeah, human. No. David not Cage. that one. What's David Hater? There we go. David Hater. David Hater. I'm like I know. Get him yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. But can David Cage be a new Smash character so I can beat the shit yeah, out of him? God. <laughs> yeah. Just he's like his character would just be like, this is about racism, but it's not about racism, no, and then not. you just get to punch but him. Oh my god. Um... Yeah, all of his smashes are just, all of his smashes are just him saying stupid shit. Right. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> he has no actual yeah, attacks. Like it's like as someone that had like like outside of Sailor Moon, like Smash Brothers is literally like my favorite fucking thing on the planet. Like oh, this, can they put Sailor Moon? Put in her in Smash, Smash Brothers, you cowards! <laughs> put Sailor Moon. Oh my Smash. god, um, dude! If Nintendo wanted to get fucking right, they would they would team up with Jump. They would team up. Yeah, they would team up with Jump, or I, and I, I say Jump just because that's probably the biggest group of really well-known anime characters yeah. that they can get under one license, and just either make like anime Smash or they just add those fucking characters. I mean, to Smash. that's what Jump Ultimate Stars and Jump Superstars was on the DS. Like, but they were not great. <laughs> those games were good. Were were good. Those are the best Jump games that exist. But they're not. Sure. They're not. But that's not a high. But bar. the bar isn't very. The, the bar no. isn't very high. But those are those are solid jump games. But put Goku in yeah. Smash. Put Usagi I mean, in Smash. I honestly wouldn't be surprised at this point if Goku was put in Smash Brothers. I mean, if I'm being completely honest. But um, it's 
It's really interesting to put Yu-Gi-Oh in Smash. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting to me. Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, His ultimate <laughs> blue eyes white dragon. I'm surprised that they didn't announce Sorrel, oh. honestly. Like with how many fucking Kingdom Hearts games have been in the DS. Like Yeah, Sorrel yeah, would be a true. good addition. So who knows? Like it's honestly Anyway, the, sorry, uh, no, DJ. No, go no, ahead. You're fine. Like I could literally <laughs> talk about it all day. But um I don't wanna I don't wanna keep us too terribly long, much longer. But um it's really cool to see that they are really paying attention to what's happening in the competitive space. They know that it's an app, it's a vertical for them to continue to monetize it to make money. And also, like, the community that, at large, of Smash Bros. is super, like, grassroots, and people are very passionate and love that franchise. And you see it in the Invitational. People were so passionate and so excited to Mm -hmm. have had access to this game before it even drops, and to get to play it firsthand. To invite people from both the competitive Melee scene and the competitive Smash 4 scene and bring them both together... Like shows to me that they're really trying to make this game being that bridge between the, the gap between those two titles in this game, and I think that it's achieved think that from what I've watched and analyzed and all that stuff. It looks great. Do you think melee people will finally calm the fuck down? <laughs> Never, because ultimate looks like it's faster. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely that. I've been reading a lot of um, a lot of the people Wave that are in the back, competitive right? scene that are like pretty like up there in terms of like if Nintendo's going to be talking to anybody, they're talking to these people, um, that mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the game to finally bridge that gap. And I, and even and at this point, the kind of, the kind of like rivalry between like smash four and melee is kind of, that's kind of gone now, especially because at Evo, they had both games there. They're two dedicated mm-hmm. audiences of people that like the game, that likes games of the same franchise, but they're definitely different uh, groups of people. But, um, I think at this point, the people that have the most to say, like, ooh, like, Smash 4 is not a good game, or blah, 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 aren't the people that are playing at high level. They're not the people that are, like, the heads of these communities. It's the voc- it's that vocal minority of people that are talking shit. Like, the people that are playing Melee at that high level aren't talking shit about Smash 4. It's just those mm-hmm. randoms that are in there, that are in the community that are talking shit, so... That rivalry pretty much is gone, but I do think that this game has the potential to bring both those groups together, and that'd be great if it did because it'd be cool to see how how Armada and Hungrybox and um, and Mewtwo King all fare at this new title when with people like um, MK Leo and Zero that are notorious for being some of, and Nairo that are notorious for being some of the best Smash Four players in that community. So to see these high-level players from both these two separate games coming together and making something really unique with this new game, I think it, like not only is it a great opportunity for Smash to grow as one in esport and two just continuing as a franchise, but like to bring that Smash community together to be even better than it currently already is. So I'm excited to see what it, what Ultimate brings once it drops in December. It looks great. I hope that they make a eShop demo of this fucking game because there's no reason why they can't. So I hope that they do because I want to get my hands on it. This is the fr- like I'm so upset that I wasn't at E3 this year for Smash because <laughs> I was there in 2014 Dude. when or 2013 when um, when Smash Four was rev- was like announced and was on the show floor. And I'm so mad that I didn't get to be there to play it again. But uh, who knows? Do I'm you excited. think I'm Echo just, Fox? I'm just really excited we'll about what Smash this game has in store for us. Do you um, think Echo Fox will hump, pop over and play Smash? Um, 
potentially depending on like mechanics and how people like it like i think melee is a mainstay like no matter what um i think Mm -hmm. that that's a huge passionate community of people that if it wasn't for them the game would be dead in terms of like a competitive scene for it but i do think that ultimate it's going to be a lot more enticing to those melee players to make the switch Mm. what um before we move away from it what is who is your main peach or main (laughs) two peach Peach, that's my girl um i'm i'm really excited like with this whole like echo fighters thing which um fun fact uh, uh, the the wii u version of the game they were going to implement the same kind of idea like lucina was originally going to be like a palette swap for marth in the game so but because of the harder limitations of the 3ds they couldn't really do that the only reason why certain characters were were cut from the from the wii u and 3ds versions of the game were because of like development time windows and to like having to make parity between the wii u version and the 3ds so now that they don't have they don't have that that kind of like parameter to kind of have to work work from having to make another version of the game for a 3ds they can literally do whatever they want which is super cool so that's uh, that's why we're able to see everybody in this game and i hope that we do get more echo fighters because i think it'll i think that opens up the door for possibilities that they wanted to implement in previous games but couldn't so that, that'll be really cool i want to see more echo fighters for sure what about you ruben do you um, I don't know if I played enough Smash to really like feel like I had a main. I played Link mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I, I did tend to also just gravitate, uh, gravitate towards like sword carrying characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't play enough of Wii U to like really play with Cloud yeah. a lot. Um, uh, I did. I was talking to DJ. I think when I pick this up, I'm going to try to learn how to zero suit yeah. Samus. She's great, really well because I do like zero suit Samus a lot. Um, but that's that is like my thing. If I pick this up, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try to actually like get good. I got you. <laughs> you know, you, you, I have I have someone to teach me. So get in the yeah. hyperbolic time chamber with me. It's gonna be fun. Mm, yeah, do it. What about you? What about you? What's your uh, main? Yeah. Um, Zelda. She looks yeah. so good. <laughs> I I have I have a little story about how Zelda became my favorite, and I play her all the time. Um. So my my boyfriend at the time, uh, we were living together in basically a studio apartment. And um, it was real late. I was trying to sleep. And he had his boys over, and they were playing Smash. Mm-hmm. And they were being so ungodly loud that I could not sleep. And it was like 3 a.m. Um, so I got up, and I told them to be quiet. And they asked me to play around. And I said, if I win, you have to shut up. And I picked Zelda, and I beat everyone's ass like so fast and i think it was just like sleep induced sleep deprived induced rage that just like (laughs) made me play so good because i'm usually not very good i definitely like could not be a competitor and everyone was just so impressed and then i was like i'm going to bed now and i left and zelda became my favorite and they all shut up (laughs) (laughs) uh she's so good like she looks great in the new game and i love that because before in all the smash games like the Zelda characters specifically were all, like, themed after the most current Zelda game, but I think because of how different that um, Breath of the Wild was in terms of Zelda's structure, 
them going with different iterations of all the characters was the best choice to make. Because we were getting Breath of the Wild Link, who still feels, feels very similar to how he was in the previous match games, but giving him specific things to Breath of the Wild. And then we're getting the um, Zelda that's a Link Between Worlds um, inspired, as well as a Link to the Past. Like, because like that design, those, that design was for like both of those games. And that was like, the best decision that they could have made because as much as I like stand for Twilight Princess Zelda, like I love how like stoic and just like I'm the baddest fucking bitch like in Hyrule. <laughs> I love how fun and happy this Zelda is. Like it it's almost like she's a brand new character. Like I love it. She's so cute. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's gonna be so good. Um but um so in December, in we'll Dece- just never hear from you're, you. Yeah, you're never going to see me again, because once <laughs> December hits, that's going to be it. But, um, yeah, um, that's putting us right at two and a half hours. And I think that's a lot of E3 to have talked about in two and a half hours, which is crazy. <laughs> the, the time just flies. But, um, man, like, overall, like, I was happy with like, the offerings from everyone in terms of E3, like, I do think that some things were overwhelming from others, like, as much as I am, like, a Nintendo stand, so, like, that was very much exciting for me. Um, I do see that, like, it was a weird year, I think, overall. It was, like, a weird year of, like, the showcases from E3, but we still got a lot of really good stuff this year, and more stuff is to come, mm-hmm. because we still have PlayStation Experience towards the end of the year, and then we have Tokyo Game Show and Gamescom coming up, too, so there's still more opportunities for them to show us more stuff that we didn't see at E3 that they might be ready to Yeah, show. E3 is not, like, the end-all, be-all right. anymore like it yeah. used to be. Like, yeah. it's really way more spread out, especially Nintendo's yeah. case of, of directs all year. Uh, I do think E3 next year is going to be buck-wild, because we're going to start seeing that next-gen mm-hmm. stuff come in a little bit more. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, it's definitely, like... I see stuff from Tokyo Game Show and Gamescom that's as big, if not bigger than E3, yeah, frequently. So. Definitely. And I'm sure there's stuff that we missed that wasn't, like, as, like, high-profile that we saw at a glance from E3, but, like, we would be here for, like, another two hours. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah I don't want to keep us too much longer, but um, this has been an awesome conversation. I'm so glad that I asked you very last minute to see if you could come and join us today, Kara, so thank you so much for coming. <laughs> And, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank, thank you so much for being here. Like, we we really appreciate it. And um, uh, where can people find you on like social media? Do you have anything that you want to like share or anything? It's so easy to find me because I am consistent across all platforms. So I I am so on my brand. <laughs> um, so my handle is shoelace, but um, S H O E L A I S. Awesome. Lace is spelled weird. It's my middle name. And according to my hippie mother who named me, it's the poetic interpretation of a word. <laughs> which means it's a word that I liked and I spelled it wrong. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's amazing. So I'm on... Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, my Instagram's mostly just pictures of my cats. <laughs> so, like, that's not that exciting. Unless you really like my cats. Yeah. Um, on Twitter, I'm actually in the process of... Um, putting together a anthology comic nice. that is going to come out later in the year. It's called Local Haunts. It's um, hometown ghost stories from around the world. Oh, that's cool. So I will be, um, submissions for that will be opening up sometime in July. Mm-hmm. So I'll be tweeting about that Sweet. more soon. Um, we'll need writers and artists and 
if you've got a talent and an interesting ghost story from your hometown, then I want to hear it. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. Um, so, Ruben, what about you? Where can I find you, my friend? Yeah, internet, uh, smash that like and subscribe button. <laughs> um, <laughs> Twitter, at Rubots, R-O-O-B-O-T-S, and on Instagram, at the same. Um, if you are, for some reason, curious about my personal stuff, uh, RubenMedina.com, R-U-E-B-E-N. Um, and also the comedy podcast I work on with two of my improv buddies, uh, You're Welcome Hollywood, where we make a uh, movie script improvised on the spot. Um, it's real stupid and dumb and fun. Uh, so check that out. <laughs> and you can find me, as always, on all social media, primarily just Twitter and Instagram, at oh, hey, DJ. that's O-H-H-E-Y-D-J. My website is djkirkland.com. And please feel free to write into the show. Write into us. We would love to hear from you guys. We love getting your emails. We have a backlog of emails that we need to get to that we'll get to in our next show. Um, but please continue writing into us because we will read your questions on the show. Um, hit us up at magicalboyspodcast at gmail.com. And you can also hit us up on Twitter at the magical boys on Twitter. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And also what helps us tremendously is if you leave us a review on iTunes or Google play or wherever you get your podcast, that information really helps us. It also makes us feel good about ourselves, so that also mm-hmm. helps, too. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be pretty much it for us. Again, Kara, thank you so much for joining us today, and especially so last minute. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, this has been such an awesome conversation about E3, and if you want to keep the conversation going, just hit us up on social media. We'd love to talk to you more about everything games related or anime related or whatever. Like, hit us up. We'd love to chat. But... That's going to be it for us this week. Stay magical, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.